you know, we had a bunch of bets we talked about last week on the show, and we couldn't convince each other to make a bet. We finally bet on the Clippers over under for the season. Grant really wanted us to bet on Buffalo to win, taking the money line at like plus 150 or something ridiculous. 1050, excuse me. Um, I was pushing for Lions plus seven. Turns out both those bets would have come in really comfortably and easily. But you know what we do on this show? We don't make good bets. We light money on fire with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I like the structure of that opening. Thanks. It's well thought out. Cool. I just improved it. What? Yeah, I know it's crazy, right? Nobody I believes. You. I didn't have talking points or anything. No, that's <laughs> yeah. But to two of the things that you said, let us review a little bit more closely. Okay. So we discussed bets, as Jonathan said. We discussed multiple NFL bets, and neither of us were on board with the other's NFL bet. Correct. Jonathan's bet was, and we're doing $100 increments unless we decide to do more than one unit, to put $100 on the Lions losing by less than seven to the Patriots Mm -hmm. to be paid out at $100 profit. Give or take, yeah. If we were to win. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, My bet was to have the Buffalo Bills just in any fashion or form beat the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota and bet $100 and get paid $1,050 if we won. Yep. Neither of us convinced the other. If we had, we'd be profiting eleven fifty right now. We have about eleven fifty, yeah. Yeah. From last been, week. That would have been better. That would have been a lot better. That. Um and really this this podcast just continues to live up to its name. <laughs> we're not trying to. Because uh because we're 0 and 3 on bets that we've actually made that have come to resolution. Yeah, we still have the Lions under, although is, they beat the Patriots, they which did. isn't as good. That doesn't still. help the Lions under. Yeah, but that's still, not it's the, fine. That's not one of the games on the slate we were expecting them to win. Yeah. Um so, yeah, we have the Lions under still going. And the Clippers under. And the bet we actually made yeah. is the Clippers under, which now is in jeopardy of being as good of a bet as we wanted because there's a bunch of Jimmy Butler trade talk that we yeah. are going to actually spend some time later on the podcast going more in depth on that. But the Clippers is one of his preferred destinations. And if that happens, certainly the Clippers are going to have to give up some picks. So their team for this year will only improve, and it makes our bet really bad. That seems very likely that the team... I mean, they'd probably give up... Well, we, I don't want to get too into it because we're going to talk about this later, but they probably would give up Tobias Harris, who is their best player. But Jimmy Butler would be a way better best player. So, yeah, yeah. They, would, they would improve and it wouldn't be as good for us. So we're hoping that he doesn't get traded to the Clippers or yep. the Clippers or he gets hurt or something. Because we've already made that bet. He gets hurt every year. So there's that. Anyway, we're, we'll get to talk about Jimmy Butler later, though, as you said. Yeah, so but in reference to how our bets are going, yeah. the answer is poorly um, yep. with that speculation going on as well on it's one of true. our... Current bets. Everything is going poorly. <laughs> We're really lighting money on fire on this podcast. We were this close, though, last week, you know? This close. Yeah, we were very close to making those bets. Well, I guess we weren't really. No. I was never close to agreeing with you on Buffalo. You were never really that close to agreeing with me on Detroit. That's correct. I wasn't sure if the Detroit lack of interest was a retali- retaliatory thing, because I was like, nah, I can't get behind the Buffalo thing, or if it just was you were unmoved. I was unmoved. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so here we are. I will say this about the Buffalo game in particular, because there's a lot of chatter on Twitter about us not about ultimately how I doing was it. a genius. No, I don't think anyone said that. I think I was referred to as a prophet, not a genius. <laughs> yeah, that's true. One person yeah. did say that. Um, so for in the, in the history of the NFL, I think it is, or the last 25 years or something like that, there's been something like, you know, 96 times a team has been as big a dog as the Bills were. And they've actually won the game Six times. 
So like the percent, if, so if that's any, and this was actually based on how it all went down. Apparently it's considered like the third biggest upset in regular season history or something crazy like that. Yeah. What, we don't need the numbers when we have a profit. Well, why didn't the profit make the bet on his own? <laughs> that's my question to the profit. I'm trying to keep my sports betting pure to this lighting money on fire podcast. Oh, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. Well, I, I mean, I'll tell you guys what I bet on besides this, but I mean, I'm open to making bets anyway. I know, but you're like a guy who sports bets all the time. I mean, compared to you, I guess. Yeah, not I don't com- really make not, them- not compared to most people in the world. Most like I sports bet very rarely compared to most people. I think. Yeah, my sports bets that I make independently are all like with Jonathan, basically. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm the guy who like everyone makes be- sports bets with, like of our group, basically, right? Like I'm like, yep, let's go. Sure, what do you yep. want? So and, just uh, to review, yeah, if we did all of my bets, we'd be up what fifteen hundred dollars. I don't think it's that much. Well, I had no. It was only two other ones. Yeah. So, but we, those were worth a total of more than $200, I think, if, oh, yeah? if they both hit. Why? Because so I, I think f- of the price we were getting. We were getting good prices. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, cool. So, nice so, job reviewing that. I'm a profit. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Now, Jonathan did, to his credit, he did a, a bet that we didn't do that would have come through. Mm-hmm. So, at least you got one. That's yeah. good. It feels great. <laughs> On the board. Yeah. For zero dollars, but on the board nonetheless. <laughs> on the board, no, there is no board, but I'm on it. Whatever, whatever mm. that is. I mean, it's kind of like a, a Buddhist philosophy. Like the the board represents emptiness, and yeah. emptiness represents the resolution to all of your problems and eventually nirvana. Ah, because if you truly let go and yeah. and give in to the sadness, then there's the nothing. Sa- there's nothing you have to protect the yourself sadness? from. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about emptiness. You don't understand what emptiness is, clearly. I excuse to me. To all of our Buddhist listeners, I apologize. <laughs> Jonathan clearly doesn't understand the religious philosophy behind Buddhism. Look, I don't want to go on a rant here about <laughs> Buddhism. <laughs> but. No, but seriously, emptiness and sadness are very different things. Um, anyway, so <laughs> let's talk about. Grant took philosophy in college, so. Wait, you don't think important. emptiness and sadness are different things just by definition? Um, okay, let's take a minute and actually right. talk about this. Um of course they are. However, most people use those terms fairly much, um, you know, they can, they can interchangeably when they're talking about their emotions. If someone says, I feel emptiness inside, they often mean some form of unhappiness and sadness. Now, I understand perhaps in the Buddhist philosophy, that's not how it happens. You're, you're working in this I'm, Western lexicon where Buddhism <laughs> was clearly identified as, as the factor that we're talking about here. Yeah. So you can't work in the Wild West lexicon when we're talking about Buddhism. I feel in, like I can. In Buddhism, emptiness is, is oh essential. It's beautiful. You're going for emptiness in Buddhism. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'm glad we had that chat. Much like the, uh, the, uh, oh man, I got what's, nothing. What's up with your brain? <laughs> I got nothing at all. I was going to try, I was trying to think of an NFL team that's going for emptiness, but I don't know who it would be. The Browns? <laughs> <laughs> Much like the Browns. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Uh, that always reminds me of my favorite ever onion piece, the onion. Oh, here uh, we go. From like eight years ago, or the piece was just about how the Jacksonville Jaguars just uh, left the field because of the coin toss determining who gets the kickoff and how, how they felt like blades of grass thrown into an uncaring wind. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving along. Yeah. The, uh, Buddhist, the Buddhism section has ended for this. For now. We, for might, we might come show. back to it later. Maybe next week. But the Buddhists would probably prefer we did not. Um, so let's review some of the things that just happened last week in the NFL yeah. because we're going to do more more bet talk and see if we can convince each other on some bets later on. Maybe we, I think we, uh, we're always going to make at least one bet, we said, right? We're always yeah. going to be forced to make at least one bet. Yeah. 
No matter what, and maybe more. Okay. So we'll find one at yeah. least, maybe more. I like we'll it. see. We'll okay. see. But before that, we'll just do some more uh, general talk. We're going to talk about what happened in the NFL last week. We're going to talk about some fantasy football stuff with our new segment as of last week, the fantasy check-in segment. Fantasy check-in. Fantasy check-in. We're going to talk about some Jimmy Butler scenarios, and then we're going to continue with our NBA over-under win totals for the year with the Southwest Division, close out the Western Conference with that. Yep. And uh, then then we'll do our bets, and that'll be it, and then you are allowed to go to sleep after listening to the podcast. <laughs> Congratulations, people. Yeah. So what stands out most to you last week in the NFL? I think we've already touched on it probably. What stands out most? Yeah. It's got, I mean, it's got to be the, the Minnesota Vikings completely shitting. It's not even the bed. They're shitting the house. They shat all of the beds in the house, at least. I mean, they were down 20, they were down 24 to nothing in the first. I didn't watch this game because I was traveling, but I know that in the first something like 10 minutes of the game, Kirk Cousins had fumbled twice within his own 20, and Buffalo turned that into 10 points. And you, I would still expect that not to be a huge problem, but it turns out it was, and it was 24 to nothing. It was 17 to nothing at the half and 24 to nothing early in the third, and it was just over. Super weird. It was very strange considering that coming into the year, me and a lot of other people were thinking, like, the Vikings are certainly Super Bowl contenders yeah. this year. It doesn't seem that way after last week. I mean, I mean that's not the kind of game that it, – it's hard to imagine – the Vikings getting destroyed by what I was calling before the game started the worst team in the NFL. Pretty, pretty oh, uh, clearly the worst me, team in the me NFL. Me too. I agree. Yeah. Uh, like I don't, I don't know that it's possible for a team to be good enough to win the Super Bowl and be bad enough to lose this badly to the Bills at home. At I'm home. not sure if it's possible. Let's remember that part too. At home. Yeah. Now they weren't facing Jason. Jason what's his name? Nathan Peterman. Uh, who is like the True. terrible quarterback, but they were facing rookie Josh Allen. I mean, they can't, I mean, yeah, it isn't like he was amazing. He was fine. Do you believe the Bills would have won had Peterman played? Do you think it was a big difference? Oh, that that's Josh a good question. Well, here's what Allen did. So okay. I have his number. He went 15 for 22 for a 196, one touchdown, zero interceptions, 8.9 yards per attempt, and he rushed 10 times for 39 yards and two touchdowns. I do not think they would have done this well with Peterman. I, I expect they would have lost with Peterman. You think they would have lost, even though the margin was so big? Peterman is so crazy bad. All he does is throw picks, right? Yeah, and it could also be like, there could be more of a meta effect on the team to know that they have like this new young quarterback that maybe some, some of them are more excited about. Maybe they just like try a little harder or something. Also, there's just, uh, there's inflection points that happens in games, you know, where they're up 17 nothing and they're driving early in the third and Allen gets them through and they score the touchdown and Peterman throws a pick and Minnesota returns it for a touchdown or returns it to set up an easy touchdown, and suddenly it's 17-7, and everything feels different. And they, they coach, the teams are coached differently from there because instead of a 24-point victory where everyone's coaching differently, right. it's a 10-point game, and Minnesota's like, we are so much better than these guys, and they, they can play a different kind of game plan. Yeah. So, and maybe also then the Bills tighten up a little bit, and you know, they're like, wait, are we actually going to... We, we never thought we could do this, but there's no chance we can actually win this game. Went up 24 nothing. and they're like, maybe we... I guess, like, now we win a lot. You know, like even almost, us... All the time. Almost all the time. Like some huge percentage of the yeah. time, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen or not, this was definitely a shitting of some situation. Yeah, like, no, that's is not Is there a worse enough. place to shit? That's where they shit. The fridge? The fridge? Is that worse than the bed? What's the opposite of the toilet? Is it your plate? Shitting on the plate of your fiancé who just put food on it. That's what they did. Well, uh, well I mean, wouldn't you rather shit on your fiancé's plate than your own plate? 
I guess this is a really deep this question. Is, this it says a lot about you as a person. It says a lot about you that that's the question that you would ask. Well, I'm saying it says a lot about you depending on what you answer. What's your answer? I would rather shit in the fridge. But which plate if you have to pick a plate? I'm not, I refuse to answer. You get shot in the head and you know, they, don't, they shoot your fiance in the head and then they shoot you in the head if you don't All right, show I'll shit on my plates. own plate and I just want to eat the food. You have to eat it. No, you don't. Of course you have to <laughs> eat it. Why do you it? have to eat it? That's the rule. They'll shoot you in the head. <laughs> you have to eat it. Now, now where are you shitting? I don't have a fiance, so I <laughs> can't answer the question. Yeah. All right. No, but seriously, what's worse, shitting the bed or shitting in the fridge? Important question, because... The bed. The bed? Yeah. So that's what the Vikings did. Uh, maybe the fridge. So I was thinking the <laughs> fridge was better because it's colder, so it keeps it all together, like a little more solid, which is great. Wonderful. But the bed's got to be easier cleanup than the fridge, right? Like yeah, the bed, also, it's like you got sheets and stuff like that. It really worked to your advantage, you know? As, it's like a liner, as opposed to the fridge where it could just get everywhere. And then you never really feel comfortable putting food in there right. again. So that's what Kirk Cousins did. He took a <laughs> shit in his fridge. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, this is a, like you said, it's a, an historic upset, right? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's one of the biggest. It's crazy. It's crazy that this can happen and that it did happen. By the way, this goes back to something we used to talk about or in the beginning of our, used to talk about, you know, three weeks ago um, about survivor pools, which is why you let. The other guys take the crazy big favorite yep. and you sit back and you hope the 6%er comes in because something like two-thirds of Survivor pool players got waxed yesterday. Yeah, that, that was great for all Survivor pools yeah. if you didn't pick the Vikings. And didn't pick any of the other. The, uh, like you also did not pick Houston. You did not pick a bunch of the favorites. The, but Chicago, yeah. because Chicago came back and won, a few people took the Bears and they still survived. Yeah. It was a bloody, bloody day in the Patriots. NFL from Survivor. Yeah. Right, Patriots. Well, let's talk yeah. about the Patriots now. Yeah, good. For, for a second, because... They didn't shit the fridge, but they, they probably shit the bed a little bit. Yeah, there. they did. Um, I think so. Yeah. So we're, we're going to have a scale of how badly people perform by where they shit, I guess. That's, uh, <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds about right for the podcast. Um, so who shat the bed the worst on the Patriots? Was it Tom Brady? I'm going to say it was Tom Brady. He went 14 for 26 for 133 yards, one touchdown, one interception, 5.1 yards per attempt. I'm blaming Brady. Now, Brady said this whole thing on Instagram or something like that, or maybe to a reporter where he said, um, James, James White, who scored the touchdown, he said, like, we have to get them all more to him. We have to get them all more to our playmakers. And it sounded like he was, in a, was not too subtly taking a shot at um, Josh McDaniels, hmm. um, like saying, like, the plays were like, I don't know, but you always have your playmakers going out, right? Like, yeah, James, I mean, like, like Rob Gronkowski is running out on every play, so it's just a question of getting they, him the they ball. They targeted Gronk a bunch of times. He just th- only had four catches. I think he only got five targets, actually. Oh, I thought he had ten targets. Let me take a look here. No, five targets. But he was the most targeted player on the team, him and uh, Phil Dorsett, who had zero catches. Maybe that's what Brady's talking about. Like, um, Dorsett got five targets. Sony Michelle got three targets. Um, I mean, James White, Burkhead, Hogan, and Gronk got th- between three and five targets each which is more reasonable, but I blame Brady for this. Now it may not be his fault. It may be like an offensive line thing, but whatever he, the, he gets all the credit so much. I think he can get the throwing for 151 yards. I don't see how there's any excuse for that. I understand Patricia used to has worked with Brady forever and knows everything about the Patriots offense as much as you can know. And he's a defense. He's really smart defensively, but still this feels like kind of crazy. This is the team that got obliterated by the jets at home in week one, the lions. Yes. Obliterated, 48 to 17. Well, in fairness, the Jets said they knew the Lions' plays. Okay, yeah. So that changes it a little bit, right? Yeah. Because also the Jets have done nothing since. Also in this game, on Johnson emerged a little bit as a pretty good player so far. 
He had a really nice game. A rookie. He had over 100 yards. Which 16 was, rushes. 100 um, the first time, I think, that the Lions have had a 100-yard rusher for five years. Yeah, something crazy That's like insane. that. That's insane. Amir Abdullah, where have they gone? Yeah, that guy was all hype. Yeah, he really was. How often did we Shadows and dust. People. That guy. Shadows and dust. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely said. Yeah, thank you. Um, the Miami uh, Dolphins keep on rolling along. 3-0. Th- somehow 3-0. Now, they beat Oakland. Maybe that's one of the ways they're... They're three and zero. Yeah, Oakland is. They not, got to play Oakland. Oakland is not looking too good these days. Yeah, they got John Gruden for ten years though. They do. That's they do. Uh, not good. In Miami, to be fair, they played Tennessee. They hosted Tennessee. They went to New York and they hosted Oakland. They're probably supposed to be three and zero. Yeah. Right? Now they have to host New England and Cincinnati. Sorry, they go to New England and Cincinnati. Then they host Chicago and Detroit. They have a pretty easy schedule, honestly. But if they go to New England and win, then I'm going to say, wow. Everything is upside down in the AFC East, right? If the Pats yeah. are one and three and the Dolphins are four and zero, I'll say the Dolphins look like they're going to win the division. And for the first time in something like ten years, a yep. non-Patriots team will win the division. But I don't believe that's going to happen. I believe the Patriots are going to win that game comfortably, and I will be right with the world. Well, we can only hope for your sake because you are a New England Patriots fan. Yes, sir. Um, so that was yeah, that was a game of note. Sort of any other games of note that really stood out to you? Um, I was surprised that Green Bay got so manhandled by Washington. 31-17. Adrian Peterson ran all over everybody. That was surprising. The other big game of note to me is actually Tennessee somehow going to Jacksonville. Jacksonville, after winning their game against New England pretty comfortably and well, Tennessee beats Jacksonville 9-6, to and Blake Bortles gets all Blake Bortles on us, you know? Yeah. He Bortles-sized that thing. He, yeah, he Bortles-sized he it. He Bortles-sized it. I think that's, a, that's something people say. Yeah, you got a Bortle size once in a while. Yeah. You got a Bortle size. The, the other notable loss to me is Houston, the Houston Texans fall to 0-3. Yeah, that is weird. And their defense should be back to form now. They have J.J. Watt healthy. They got Clowney back last week, I think, too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and, and they have just a typically good defense, it would seem, with players like that. But they just keep not doing that well. Yeah. So in the NFL, you're, there's something like how many playoff teams are there? Six playoff teams on each side, right? Uh, yeah. So let's do a quick, let's like guess the playoff teams right now based on where everyone is record-wise and just where we are oh, after man, three weeks. Oh, man, this is hard after I know. three weeks. I got the records right here. Miami's 3-0. Okay, Kansas City's 3-0. Kansas City's making the playoffs. All right, so we're do- we got to go by division. Yeah, we'll start there. So in the West. So the AFC West? Yeah. Kansas City is going to win the division. The Chargers are 1-2. and two, Denver's 2-1. and one. I don't believe in Denver at all. Neither do I. The Chargers are a maybe for the wild card up. I agree. The Oakland has no chance. Moving on. In the South, Houston's 0-3. I think I can say they're not making the playoffs. Yep. Indianapolis is 1-2. and two, They're out. Probably. I mean, we don't really know, but yeah. we're, we're doing our best, guys. Tennessee and Jacksonville are both 2-1. and one. Tennessee just beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville without Marcus Mariota. I still go Jacksonville. Me too. Jacksonville and is in. I don't think Tennessee will get it. Before the next division, can we quickly talk about something else that happened? Yeah. This is maybe the most notable thing in the NFL that we didn't talk about. It might be more notable than the Vikings loss, actually. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett. Came in for the last play to throw oh, yeah. the 50-yard Hail Mary for Andrew Luck. Yeah. Who has been saying for months and months that his shoulder is finally healed. He hasn't been throwing the ball downfield. He hasn't looked like the same player. They're bringing in the backup for the final Hail Mary. Yeah. It's Andrew Luck you're taking out. And the coach is saying there is not, it doesn't have anything to do with Andrew Luck's shoulder. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Of course. <laughs> like, what, is, what does that have to do with then? Like... What is that situation? Is Andrew Luck just done? Is he not going to ever be the same? Is that what that means? Is that 
indicated there? It doesn't have to mean that. Okay. Right? It really, in my mind, it doesn't have to mean that at all. It could just mean he's not back yet. I mean, he's played three games. He threw for 319 yards in the first game, 179 and 164. So he hasn't been Andrew Luck like yet. We sort of said this after week one, right? He's got five touchdowns, three picks. His yards per attempt is poor. I mean, I think the biggest warning sign is that play. Yeah. That they take him out for well, Jacoby he doesn't have Brissette. the arm strength. Clearly, the deep arm strength, Brissette right? And that does. wasn't actually a very long hail mary for an NFL no. quarterback. They were at midfield, so like, yeah, he's supposed to be able to do that yeah. without a problem. Yeah, that that's definitely telling. And wow, the Colts have just and this this injury of Andrew Lux has just decimated the Colts, like completely destroyed the Colts, it's bifurcated them. Yes, that's correct. It's bifurcated them. It's tri trisimated them. Um, tertiated, tertiated. No, that's not the word. So um, quadrugated. There you go. <laughs> but uh, to, to sort of be in the spot where it's basically now year three of them being screwed because of this injury, that's crazy. Yeah. And then and the thing that's crazy to go along with it is they've taken no steps to do anything about it, right? They're not drafting quarterbacks. They're I mean, not they trying to draft quarterbacks. They traded for Jacoby Brissett last year. Okay, but, but he's a clear backup, right? Yeah. No one thinks of him as like he's going to be a starter in the league. Right. Maybe he'll turn out to be, but that's not what they're thinking, right? Yeah. Um, but they had the option to try and draft a quarterback this year. There are a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah. An option to draft a quarterback last year. There were a lot of quarterbacks last year also. As we see, a lot of them are working out pretty well. Yeah. They're just standing pat on Andrew Luck, which isn't crazy. If you're not sure, I guess you're supposed to hang out there and see if he comes back. But, man, this is year three, and it's not looking great. I mean, how old is he at this point? He's 29, maybe 30 soon. That's not good. No, it's not good. I mean. Yeah. Actually, he just turned 29. Okay. but So 30 soon is in, like, in a year. Yeah. It depends, Next September it depends on, on your concept of time. That's right. Yeah. That's right. If, you're, uh, if you've been alive for a million years. Or if you're like a fourth dimensional being who can travel. Well, then anything is soon. Then soon is, is no, soon is no value. That's a philosophical question But, but the word soon is not something you'd ever say because it's a meaningless word to you. Well, soon. Well, you could find a, a kind of an analogous usage for it as far as the distances you have to travel in order to reach different times. I mean, you could, but you wouldn't. Okay, let's uh, let's get back to uh, other stuff, though. <laughs> okay, so we, we we were very concerned about Andrew Luck, right? We were, and we were also talking. Were we done? We're we still talking about Andrew Luck, or we? No, I'm just, I'm just to, as a, as a synopsis. I'm very concerned about. Oh him. yes, me too. I mean, I think the Colts are just screwed, and are going to have to find a new quarterback. Unless so who did we take from that? Jacksonville. We took Jacksonville. Jacksonville, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, in the North, let's not do wild card. Let's just do who's going to definitely make it from okay. each one. Otherwise, it's going to take forever. Yeah. Okay. The North is really tough. No one has a losing record. NFC North. Yes. Pittsburgh's yeah. one, one, and one. So is Cleveland. Baltimore oh, AFC and Cincy. Yes. Sorry, me. AFC. Everything's AFC right now. Baltimore and Cincy are two and one. I still like Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh too, but it's a tough. That's a tough division. Their to only losses out. to the Chiefs. Yeah. Baltimore has looked a lot better than I expected them to. Yes. I think if it's not Pittsburgh, it's probably Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore's big win is against the Bills in week one, 47-3. Besides that, they look yeah. fine. But All right. And finally, the AFC, where New England is in second place. You mean the uh, AFC East? Yes. You just call it the AFC. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about New England. <laughs> um, the Jets, Buffalo, and New England are all one and two. Miami is three and oh. Miami is a two-game lead on the division as of right now. Do you like them to win the division? I would still, still take the Patriots. I but know. It, I Part of me wants to take Miami. I understand. I think next week is going to be the all-telling week for this, right? If Miami wins next week, they are now the clear favorites. If they lose next week, even though they'll have a game lead on the Pats, they're, they're, the Pats are the clear favorites, I think. So yeah. right now, and I think I think you still have to give New England the uh, the nod. I do, anyway. Right. I mean, 
the easy anecdote to go back to anytime you doubt New England is that Thursday night game against the Chiefs right. three years ago where they lost like 42 to 17 and Brady looked like an Ass. old man who was done. Yep. And that was, yeah, it was years and years ago. Yeah. I think it was about three years ago. It was when they beat Seattle in the Super Bowl. So it was uh, three years ago. Three years ago or so, three and a half, but yeah. Um, yeah. And they, they dropped them to two and two, and I thought they were done. And here he is. He won the MVP last year, and they, won, they were in the Super Bowl for the second year in a row. And Although it was blah, a pretty blah, weak blah. MVP campaign, campaign, to be fair. Okay, but fine. He was one of the best players in the league, no matter yeah. what, right? Okay, yeah. good enough. Take it. All right, let's go NFC East. NFC East, all right. The champs are in there, so I'm just going to take the Philadelphia Eagles. They have, they're tied with Washington for the two and one. Uh, Dallas and the Giants are one and two. Dallas and the Giants are not going anywhere. I agree. It feels yeah. pretty clearly Philly's the yeah, team there. Yeah, I agree. Okay. NFC, oh, sorry. Yeah, NFC North. Uh, which I thought was the toughest division in football. Yeah. If the Vikings aren't really that good, then it's probably not. Chicago, Green Bay, Minnesota, Detroit. Detroit is out. At this point, I kind of want to go with Green Bay. Okay, Green Bay lost also. They just didn't get destroyed, right? They lost to Washington. Yeah. It wasn't that close. That's true. It's weird. But Aaron Rodgers will heal. He's playing hurt right now. Okay, but what if he, he might not heal for a while? Yeah, it might take a while. That's true. I mean, he's hung in there anyway. They tied Minnesota. They made the miracle comeback against the Bears, right? I mean, there's questions on every team. Yeah. At this point, it feels like every team could be good and every team could not be that good. Yeah, I agree. I'm still going to stick with Minnesota, even though I don't like it. I don't, I. You bailing? Yeah, I'm bailing. I'm yeah. going Green Bay. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is just significantly better than anybody else in the division. That's fair. And he's the quarterback. Here's the really tough one, the NFC South. This yeah. is the tough one. Because I'll tell you what, the NFC West, it's the Rams. Uh, so yeah. They're 3-0. No one else has a winning record. NFC South, though, Tampa is 2-1 and one and has looked great. Tampa is the, the really weird one here. New Orleans is 2-1 and one and has looked really good and was good last year. Carolina is 2-1 and one and has looked pretty good. Atlanta is 1-2. and two. Okay, maybe not them. But, like, you could make a reasonable case for any of those three. I'm sure one of the wild card teams. I think maybe Atlanta both. actually hasn't looked that bad. No? Yeah. They just are one and two. Okay. I guess I expect for Atlanta to look like, I expect Atlanta to be this great, awesome offense, and they haven't done that in a year and a half. They were since, awesome this week. Since Ryan she, had five touchdowns this week and four touchdowns the previous week. What are you talking about? I don't know. I'm talking about Julio Jones, I guess. Because like, but seriously though. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I was traveling this week. I okay. don't know. I just know they lost. Okay. Well, I'm telling you what happened. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan threw five touchdowns this week? And four touchdowns the previous week. Wow. All right. Well, so if that he keeps seems doing like a pretty that, good offense. Pretty good. I yeah. didn't know that happened at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so who do you like to win this division? That's a really tough one. It really, I think it could be any of the four teams. I think the Tampa is the least likely one. I think they're most likely to be fluky here. Okay. Because nobody going into the season really thought they had a chance in the division. They, they seem to have the least talent of any of these teams. I'd like to point out that Ryan Fitzpatrick has thrown for 400 yards in the first three games of the season. Yep. No one's ever done that. Yep. I mean... Just thought I'd mention that. The quarterback play in that division is, is absurdly good. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like Cam Newton had what three rushing touchdowns? Yes, or something like that, and passed for two. Also, I think Drew Brees had some another insane game. Yeah, with like four hundred and fifty yards and something like that. Four touchdowns, maybe five touchdowns. I, I don't, don't know. know. It was a lot. It's it's a division, except for Carolina, who I think kind of sputters on offense sometimes. The offenses in this division are insane. I think I'm just forced to stay with the Saints, even though I mean, I'm basically sticking with the really good teams, like the Vikings and the Saints. Um, over Tampa, basically. Because to me, Carolina is not as good as the Saints and Tampa even. I think Tampa may be the second best team in the division. I'm, I'm convinced enough. Like, I'm in. Let's I'm, go, Tampa. I'm going to go wonky and go with the Falcons. 
Wow. That is the wonky choice for sure. Wonky Falcons. So I, we went into the season thinking the NFC North was likely to be the, the toughest division in football. Mm-hmm. Now it looks like this is it. Yes. N- NFC South is the toughest division. It does. Division. It does. It's weird, but it really does seem like that. Yeah, the, the New Orleans-Atlanta game, sort of to your point, went to overtime and it was 43-37. Breeze threw for three touchdowns and ran for two. Oh, yeah, that's right. He ran for two. Matt Ryan just threw for five touchdowns because why not? And uh, everyone caught touchdowns except Julio Jones because why would he do that? He doesn't catch touchdowns. No, he doesn't do that. Calvin Ridley, the rookie, caught three touchdowns. That's more than Julio's caught in his last 24 games combined. That's (laughs) That's weird. Very strange. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right. (laughs) Is that all the divisions? We did. Yeah, we did it. That's it. Congratulations to us. Yeah. Very exciting. So that's that's teams. Let's talk about individual players because it's time for fantasy check-in. Fantasy check-in. With Grant and Jonathan. (laughs) All right. So... Who stands out to you as some fantasy? Uh, We're going to start with the uh, the polarizing figure of Le'Veon Bell. Great. And he's going to be a topic until something happens. And then once once he's playing, he's going to be a topic again. This so. is a big deal because the Steelers have started have initiated trade talks now. They're yes. now open for business on Le'Veon. They realize that there's no real good way this is going to work out at this point. Like, he waits till week 10. He comes back. He doesn't really want to be there. No one wants him there. Do they give him the ball a lot, and basically sit James Conner, who's probably their guy from now on. He's probably their guy, right, for the next few years. Yeah. Um, and so then the, that's weird. James Conner probably won't like that. Do they split time? Like, how does this work? They only get a third-round compensatory pick for him in 2020 if they don't do a lot of free agent signings. It's not so, And it's going to be at the end of the third round. They could trade him now, get a third-round pick in 2019 instead, or maybe even better than a third-round pick, a second-round pick, a first-round pick, who knows, other things. Yeah. Um, and also get this just sort of out of their way and not have to deal with it anymore. James Conner's been at least pretty good. Um, I, I'm, I expect them to make a deal. I do as well. So I think the most interesting route to go with this conversation is to ask, what is the ideal fantasy football landing spot for Le'Veon Bell if you're a Le'Veon Bell owner in fantasy football? And let's not really take into account what resources teams have that they can give because most right. likely it's just going to be a set of picks. It's going to probably be a, a draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I expect it's ultimately going to be a second round pick, I think is what someone's going to trade for him. Right. Which is going to be a, hell, a heck of a deal if you need Le'Veon Bell, you know? All right. So some teams that might might really benefit from Le'Veon Bell and would also be like, wow, as a fantasy player, I feel great that Le'Veon went there and I have him on my team. Mm. The first team that jumps off the page to me is the New England Patriots. Oh, I, was, I thought you were going to say somebody else. Okay. No. Just, That's cool. Like, put that weapon on there. Imagine the That's Patriots amazing. offense if... Josh Gordon comes back to form, and they get Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, that would be crazy. It would be an insane offense. That's a really good point. It's funny. I don't think of them because they have sunk a fair amount of resources into the running back position lately. Like, they spent a first-round pick on Sonny Michel. Um, They they signed Rex Burkhead a year ago to a free agent deal. They still have James White. Those are guys who are all good, or at least, or have potential. They put resources into, I should say. Um, But Le'Veon Bell, maybe you just think, like, who cares? They're going to just take this guy because this is Tom Brady's last hurrah, potentially. Right. Like, also, we're one and two. Like, we kind of need to get wins here. But here's my question. Not just for the Patriots, but for whomever trades for Le'Veon. Are we sure Le'Veon's going to play this year, even if he gets traded to a different team? Like, are the Patriots going to give him five years and whatever he wants? $80 million, $90 million? Because if they're not, why would he come before week 10 anyway? No, that's a good point. Let's let's have this discussion under the guys that he will be playing okay. on whatever team he's that's trading fair. to. That's fair. 
So Patriots are an interesting spot. You were shaking your head like you knew what I was going to say. I thought you were going to say the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers makes a ton of sense as well. I feel like the Green Bay Packers makes the most sense because they haven't spent a lot of resources recently on the running back position. Right. They have pretty shitty running backs. They right. have Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, and Ty Montgomery, who are all kind of just throw away, like put them in there with Aaron Rodgers and hope yeah. it works out. Yeah. As opposed to Le'Veon, where it's like, whoa, yeah. like heat-seeking missile type dude. Yeah. Um, are there any other teams that would it would be like majorly interesting? Let's take a look. Well, Washington is actually interesting. I know Adrian Peterson has been great for two of the three games, but there's concern that like last year. So last year he played incredible in his first game for Arizona and then seemed to run out of gas right away. And that was it. It was just then horrible all season, yep. the rest of the year. And there's concern that he doesn't really have it, the stamina anymore as he's older and has been beat up and things like that to maintain this kind of really strong rushing attack. I think if you're Washington, you wouldn't, you might want to sit back and see though, rather than now trade for Le'Veon when Adrian Peterson has been really good twice. Yeah. And Chris Thompson's pretty good too, coming out of the backfield. I have, I have a pretty interesting answer here that we would not have thought of before the season. I have a good one too, but you go first. Tampa Bay. Oh, Tampa Bay is now interesting. You're right. If their offense is actually anywhere near this good and then they add Le'Veon because their running back play has been atrocious. Yes. Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. Horrible. So you add Le'Veon there? That's great. What the hell? I love it. You can't stop anybody. I love it. Maybe they can get if if um Pittsburgh's looking for okay, what is Pittsburgh looking for? What 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 would they accept and what are they looking for? Let's start with what they would accept. Would I they take they, a second round pick? I think they would and should accept a second round pick. How about a sec, how about a third round pick? I think they won't, but probably should. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. I think they're supposed to. So maybe so if you're the Bucks, you have to give up a second round pick. You know you're signing Le'Veon to a long-term deal. Yeah. Unless he gets hurt or something. Yeah. You're still, you probably still have to sign. This is the problem. You probably still have to do it, though. Right? You're going to do a wink-wink agreement with him, right? Sure. Yeah. So you're like, well, I hope, I hope he doesn't get hurt. Um, the Bucks. The, if, if the Bucks acquire Le'Veon right now as the way things are going, that really elevates them. It, it feels yeah. like it elevates them anyway, it right? It does. Yeah. That's the their only weakness on offense because obviously the passing game has been absurd. And yeah. by the way, Le'Veon is great in the passing game, so he would only serve to make that better. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. I like that a lot. Um, another team I was looking at, and they're 0-3, so maybe it's too late and maybe they don't want to do it because of that. But I was thinking Houston is an interesting spot. I would. They, they crossed my mind, but... I instead went with the Bucks because I feel like Le'Veon so, so much more of an upgrade for them than mm-hmm. Lamar Miller, who's a, a reasonable player. Yeah. The only other spot which really I could see it happening and I could see why they'd want to do it is Miami. They're 3-0. and Kenyon Drake hasn't been that good. Frank Gore's fine, but is super old. Le'Veon Bell could be like a centerpiece spot for you, and you're 3-0 and right now. You could talk yourself into, we get Le'Veon. It's much like yeah. Tampa Bay. We could we could win this division. We could we could maybe get a bye. We have a real shot at the Super Bowl. You know, we just got to get that guy the ball in space. This could work. Right. Now, the truth is they've just played a lot of bad teams in their 3-0, but I can see them yeah. talking themselves into it. I sure. have another interesting idea. Okay. And this is my last idea, but this is not great for fantasy if you have Le'Veon Bell in fantasy, mm-hmm. but something that you're going to probably laugh when I say this. Uh, but if they only have to give up a draft pick, this is partially because one of Le'Veon's big things is he doesn't want his usage to be as is high. Is this like the Rams? Yep. It's the Rams. Protect Gurley. It's not exactly protect Gurley, but yeah, the, both of these guys are great pass catchers, Gurley and Le'Veon. Obviously, they're both great running backs out of the backfield as well. Yeah. Like, you put both of those guys on the field, instead instead of a three-receiver set, you have one of them who could line up as a receiver, motion into the backfield, whatever. Like, that becomes a very interesting set-piece offense. 
It's interesting. I mean, you just sunk a huge amount of resources into Gurley. Yeah. And I guess you could you could make the one argument of so we have to protect him. But you can make the other argument is is you want to get as much tread off that tire over the next few years as possible, right? I, yeah. I you mean, mean, I don't think it necessarily makes your a value. ton of sense. I just would kind yeah. of want to see it. Yeah. No. I, no. That would be really really incredible to watch for sure to have. Yeah. Both those guys in play a lot. I mean, the problem is I think they'd both get upset about the lack of touches ultimately. Perhaps they you know? would, yeah. And the truth is the Rams are doing just fine without him. Oh, yeah, they are. But that is interesting. I mean, that would maybe be the best offense of all time if you put those two guys on the field. I with think Goff has to be a little, a little better. better yeah. yeah, I don't think that's good enough. That's true. Also, I'm curious. I want Le'Veon to get traded to like just a pretty good team so we could see more about how good is Le'Veon really. Because... It's so easy to say this guy's the best running back in the league, or among the him and Gurley are the two best running backs in the league, or whatever, you know, whatever yeah. short list you want to have, he's on every short list, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I always wonder, we, this is something we talked about, I think, in our first episode, was about situation versus talent with running backs and how hard it is to really distinguish the two. And so we move Levy onto a different situation, especially one like that doesn't have like an amazing offensive line or a great offense. I'd be re- I'm so curious to see how he does. Yeah. Like Gurley was completely ineffective in year two. Yeah, when the offense was bad. They bring in Sean McVay. He rejiggers the offense. Goff grows up a little bit. And suddenly the offense is very good, and Gurley is awesome. Right. And I don't think Gurley has any talent differential. You know, nothing changed for him between season two and season three. Yeah. But the scheme changed, and the opportunities changed. And it's just hard to, to, to sort of sort out what's what in terms of, you know, how would a replacement level running back do in Sean McVay's system? We can't know, but I wonder. All right. So for ultimately for fantasy purposes, yeah. if you're the Le'Veon owner, where is your favorite spot for him to end up? That's a good question. I'm going to go, I don't know. Green Bay's really good. I think it's Green Bay also. Um, I think be, like I would exclude New England because they're always so mercurial with the running back usage. Who knows what they would end up doing? And even targets. Like yeah. they... Tom Brady just throws the open guy usually. Yeah. Um, I would exclude Tampa Bay, even though it would be very interesting for their offense. It's possible the running back play is so bad because of their offensive line, mm-hmm. and that would not be great for his fantasy value. Also, we're, we're a little unclear about who's going to be quarterbacking the team five weeks from now. Yeah. Like, we know Fitzpatrick will be doing it for the next week or two at least, but he could struggle. They, like, everything could come crumbling down pretty quickly in Tampa also, right? Yep. So, but Green Bay, that's not, if, if Rodgers is even sort of healthy, that's not, that's not going to be a problem. Yeah. I think Green Bay is the best. I love for that. Fantasy purposes. I love that spot where he could be the main guy, get all the carries, get all the dump offs. I think it'd be awesome for fantasy. Yep. All right. Before we move on with more fantasy check in, I want to mention something. Okay. We finally have an official Twitter for about time. this podcast. Yes. It's, uh, we're at money fire pod. Obviously. I mean, it's kind of a cool handle. Money fire pod. You could also just type into Twitter, lighting money on fire. That'll be us. Yep. Um, we're not going to have many tweets yet, but, you know, that'll start happening. But so if you're listening, and I know some of you are, and you want to, like, comment on what we've said and things like that, instead of using the Poker Guys Twitter account, use the Lighting Money on Fire Twitter account. Yep. That's where we're going to be responding to all lighting, on, lighting Money on Fire comments. Yes. So there. That's correct. Yeah. And we don't really know exactly how we're going to be using that Twitter account moving forward. We're definitely going to be using it to interact with you people. But we might be doing some other fun stuff on there eventually. Yep. So you might as well go ahead and give it a follow. Give it a follow. Yeah. Do it. All right. Moving on. Yeah. With more fantasy check-in. Let's talk about the 49ers. Great. Because they lost their big time $127 million man, Jimmy Garoppolo. Rest of the season, he's out. Torn ACL. Kyle Shanahan doesn't feel so. Kyle Garoppa. Shanahan. Garoppa great. Shanna great. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so now they didn't have any major impact fantasy players to begin with, but they mm-hmm. have players that have certainly diminishing value that people had put some resources into. Such yep. such as Marquise Goodwin and George Kittle. I mean, it's possible Goodwin especially could have worked out really well. Yeah. He was hurt through the first month of the season, and as he got healthier, it, it's possible he would have had a monster season the rest of the way. But yeah, we'll Marquise never know. Goodwin is basically like he's got to be on your bench for, yeah. until you see something that indicates otherwise. They might trade for a quarterback. Uh, as far as Kittle is concerned, I think if you have Kittle as your starting tight end, you're probably going to just keep that and hope that works out for now i disagree man there's a bunch of tight ends you could pick up right now who are better like jesse james or something um not jesse james but the other guy on uh the steelers the rookie i mean vance mcdonald he's not a rookie oh sorry not Vance. Uh, yeah no vance mcdonald yes there's a different rookie i'm thinking of on a different team and i got them all confused um Vance McDonald's a reasonable guy to pick up uh david njoku yeah on cleveland is a reasonable he's guy mostly to pick up. owned i think Oh, yeah, some places, yes, some places, no, probably, you're right. O.J. Howard, maybe. O.J. Howard, if he's available, you should definitely be picking up. Jared Cook is available some leagues. I mean, that'd be crazy if he is, but yeah. definitely pick him up, too. And then there's the guy from, oh, uh, there's, a, there's a rookie who got a lot of targets. Oh, on Philly, the rookie on Philly, Gobert, Go, or whatever his name is. Goder, Goddard. Goddard. Dallas Goddard. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah. I've um, just seen it. That, that kid got a lot of targets. In the most recent game, anyway, with Wentz back. So there's at least the possibility that Wentz likes him and it's going to give him a lot of targets. All right. My argument to not panic on George Kittle specifically is that last year, CJ Beathard had to play some as well. Mm-hmm. And he actually had some reasonable games for himself, fantasy wise, but also for his tight end specifically. Okay. Because what happens, I think, a lot in the NFL with a bad quarterback is they lean on their tight end because those are the easiest routes to hit. I mean, tight end running backs, right? Yeah, yeah, tight ends and running sure. backs. So I think Kittle is less effective than Goodwin, for example. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Goodwin's going to score more touchdowns, probably. You know, got more touchdown opportunities anyway. Yeah. Um, but I hear what you're saying. And but that's at a not shallow crazy. tight end, like, it's, yeah. tight end is bad this year, man, for fantasy football. I know. It's real bad. So brutal. Travis Kelsey's doing pretty good. Yeah, he's fine. But that's the, like de- it. the depth is really not there. You lose, like, Delaney Walker is not an exciting tight end to have in your fantasy team, but... He, he's gone, you know, yeah. and now now nobody's really filling that void. Greg Olson is out for at least yeah. a while, you mm-hmm. know. He's apparently healing up, but yeah. Yeah. So tight end sucks. Tight and, end's uh, really, really rough. But now the 49ers players all become at least fringe droppable, right? Well, here's the only other side to why some of the receivers like Goodwin and Kittle are maybe not as droppable is, especially with Garoppolo out, they're going to be behind a lot. That's true. So they're going to be forced to throw the ball constantly in the second half, and those are the guys who are going to get the targets. So that's the only other side to it. I'd rather have a good quarterback and less targets than more targets and terrible quarterbacking, honestly. Um, I don't know if that bears out mathematics, you know, like you run all the numbers, but sort of just on a smell test kind of a thing. Smells bad. Yeah. Um, Smells real bad. I don't think this really affects fantasy values too much for, for Matt Breeder or Alfred Morris. They stay in similar ranges, I, I mean, would say. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I'd again, you'd rather have Garoppolo. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it also affects them because game script, especially for Morris, is going to be worse, you know? Where yeah, gonna he's be, not going to be able to close games. Yeah, know? they're going to be losing more of the time you would expect anyway. And so he and he's not as much of a pass catcher as Brita is. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it really sucks if you're a 49ers fan, obviously. Oh, yeah, that too. And it sucks if you own any 49ers in fantasy. And, you know, if you're... Uh, if you're a Patriots fan who traded Jimmy Garoppolo, 
you know, now you can tell yourself he would have torn his ACL. It, it wasn't as week bad th- in week three. He was definitely going to yeah. tear his ACL no yeah, matter that's, what. That's what you can tell yourself. Yeah, that's just how it works. All right, know, let's man. move on to another fantasy topic. Possible, yeah. This is a uh, this is going to be a hot topic. This is going to be we can talk about trades actually. Potential fantasy trades people can make with this topic. Talking about Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Oh, those two. The Atlanta wide receivers, Julio Jones, always one of the better fantasy receivers in the NFL, but has not been finding the end zone, as you alluded to earlier. Calvin Ridley had three touchdowns in a monster fantasy game yeah. this week, while Julio Jones had a fine fantasy game, but not nearly as good as Calvin Ridley. And just to give you, put the numbers on that, Ridley, seven for 146, three touchdowns. Julio, five for 96. Ridley had two more targets than Julio, also eight to six, which is surprising, but okay. Really did have a 75-yard touchdown catch yep. along with the other two. All right, so there's a couple different directions this could go. Mm-hmm. It could be that teams were waiting for Ridley to prove it and were doubling Julio Jones, and that's going to have to stop now. Mm-hmm. And Julio will actually get a few more opportunities because he won't be as heavily guarded. Yeah. Um, it could also just be that something between Matt Ryan and Julio Jones just doesn't completely click and kind of hasn't for the past two years and Ridley's kind of filling a void of, of Matt Ryan's favorite target now. I don't think that's a likely scenario. I don't either. Um, but what do you think fantasy-wise? What does this mean for both of these players? Well, it can be easy to think that Ridley is like all the other guys who's been uh, across from Julio Jones, across the field from Julio Jones the past several years yeah. as the number two receiver. And you could say, well, that guy once in a while is going to feast, but mostly it's Julio. And while that's to some degree still true, Ridley was the 26th pick in this year's draft. And many people think he should have gone before DJ Moore, who went mm. ahead of him in the draft. Like, he's a legit talent. He's got big-time tools. He's got a chance to be a big-time receiver in this league, like a star receiver in this league type thing. So, and the, and the, and the Falcons know it. And so it's possible he could have a very big year alongside Julio Jones. I don't think Julio's not going to have a big year. But really, more so than like Sanu was across from him sometimes, and guys like that, you know, yeah, well, Taylor re- Gabriel, you know, those Sanu's, guys are. F- Sanu and Gabriel are reasonable players, right? But they're never stars, yeah. Right? right. This kid could like. It's possible the Falcons will just have two star wide receivers now, much like the way the Texans, even though they're zero and three, look like DeAndre and Will Fuller are going to both be star receivers for it them. It could be like uh, Julio's Isaac Bruce and uh, Calvin Ridley's Tory Holt. Nice. It actually kind of works in the timeline too, right? Like Isaac Bruce was older. Yeah. Was the star. That's right. That's right. That's really good. So it could totally go that way. Um, So I would keep your eye out for Ridley. I think Ridley's got more value than most people are going to assume he has even, and people are going to like, see like, say like sell high on him. And of course, if you can sell real high, you should, but I think you got to be a little careful. He probably is going to be a part of this offense the rest of the way and a significant part of it. Okay. So, Let's do just receivers, not not running okay. backs. If you had Calvin Ridley on your team and you could trade him for X receiver, would you? Right. So let's start. Let's, let's go with some receivers. Let's start at the top and, and head down and see where we find the line. Okay. Okay. So who's a good example of somebody I'm trying to think of? Devontae Adams. Would you trade Calvin Ridley for Devontae Adams? No, of course not. If you Calvin Ridley? Yeah. Of course not. That's not close. So if you're the Devontae Adams owner, you're saying you would say no. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh you're, oh, you're saying from the other point of view. Yeah, yeah. From, from the Calvin Ridley. Uh, in, in a heartbeat, you'd trade Calvin Ridley for Devontae Adams or anyone, anyone close to Devontae, right? Like any obvious number one star receiver with a big-time quarterback, you're going to trade Calvin Ridley for, I think. All right, here's an interesting one. Yeah. Would you trade Calvin Ridley for Josh Gordon? Wow, that is a really interesting one. I think it depends a little bit on the rest of your team. If you need more upside, you go Gordon. 
If you need more steadiness, you go Ridley. Okay. So Ridley has shown that he has pretty high upside on an individual game basis. In one game, yeah. But Gordon could still be... It's possible Gordon's going to be the best receiver the rest of the way. Ridley's never going to be the best receiver in the league the rest of the way. Yeah. So, all right. Let's let's pick some other guys. How about this one? Juju Smith-Schuster. I would do it in a heartbeat. You would if you had Ridley? Yeah. You would. You'd trade four shifts. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. He's been really good. Yeah. Brandon Cooks. I don't think so. He's but a, I'm, I'm low on Brandon Cooks. You are. He's fifth in the league in receiving yardage. He has zero touchdowns, 19 receptions. I think you have to take Cooks. I think you have to take Cooks. I think you probably are supposed to take Cooks. I just don't want to. Yeah. But I would do it. I understand completely. Jarvis Landry. Ooh, now we're getting interesting. Target monster. I think we'd do it. You take Jarvis. Yeah, I take Jarvis. Me I mean, too. they just switched to the what seems like the better quarterback. Oh, that's true. I didn't think Baker about that. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel Sanders. Ooh, tough. That one seems fair. Yep. Seems that's like the closest. That's trade. the first like fair one we've come up with. Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Sammy Watkins finally had a really good game. Um, He's had two good fantasy games in a row now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's true. Um, I might take. I don't know. Mahomes is so they're they're scoring so many points. Yeah, it's close. But I think the Falcons it's really close. Are, as as I mentioned, Matt Ryan has nine touchdowns in the last two games. Yeah, so no, the Falcons good. aren't slouches on offense. Right, and if if he's going to be a big part of this the rest of the way, Kenny Galladay. I I stick with Ridley. I think over Galladay. You keep Ridley. Yeah, Galladay's got nineteen receptions for two hundred fifty six yards and two touchdowns. Just to be clear, he's that's pretty good. Sixteenth in the league in in rushing. Sorry, receiving yardage. I know. But, you know, it's still so early. It's a little hard to tell what that means. But he's definitely been getting a lot of targets, too. But it's, I don't know. That's really close, too. They got three receivers. I might, I think Galladay doesn't have the upside that uh, Ridley has. Yeah. Which, so maybe I'd, go, maybe I'd want to keep Ridley. But it's close. Jordy Nelson, who just had a monster game also, but has been terrible besides Never. That. Would never trade Ridley for Nelson. I don't think you can either. No. Robert Woods, another Rams receiver. I just, just had a huge game. Yeah. I think I stick with Ridley. Wow. I don't know. I guess I do too, but man, it's close. Can I throw another random one out there? Do it. Le'Veon Bell. I take Le'Veon in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. Were you, was, were you, I, I think was if that you're, a joke or were you sincere when you asked them? You I'm sincere it? because I think some people are freaking out still about Le'Veon Bell. Mm. If you're a Ridley owner, go offer Ridley for Le'Veon Bell. If, if, like, I mean, just, come on. Just offer it. No one's going to say yes to that deal. Just offer it. No one. Yeah, go ahead. You could offer lots of things then. Offer the worst guy on your team. Oh, can I tell you guys a deal that just got offered to my wife that is absurd? It's in go. a league that Jonathan and I play together. This guy just offered my wife Muhammad Sanu. So my wife receives Muhammad Sanu. She gives him Mike Evans. Who offered that? Chris. Yeah, that's just stupid. Okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. Would you trade Calvin Ridley for Marvin Jones no. Jr.? You would not. I think he's the third best receiver on a worse offense. Ridley actually has better numbers than Marvin Jones Jr. even already. So, yeah, I think, I think I'd keep Ridley also. All right. Um, anything else we want to say in terms of our fantasy check and stuff? The other notes we had are kind of already covered. We had the little Fitzmagic talk. Just yeah. like basically... You got to keep starting him in fantasy until he shows you a reason not to. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adrian Peterson, kind of the same thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think you absolutely have to start Adrian Peterson. I know he had one stinker game, but the other two games have been amazing. And you just have to give him a chance to be Adrian Peterson. Basically. Wouldn't it be insane if he ended the year as an RB1? 
Um, it's possible he will. It's it absolutely po- will. And when I say possible, I mean it's really possible. Like, where would he go right now if we were doing a redraft right now, rest of the season, um, in a PPR league, let's say, or a half PPR league or something? Where would he go? What, what, where would he go in terms of running backs? He'd in terms like, of running backs? He'd have to be top 20. Oh, yeah. I was thinking... In, top 15? In the draft, I was thinking he might go at like the 2-3 turn. Okay, but that's hard to... But, but just where does he rank in terms of running backs, which is really the bigger question. I think he's a, ahead of guys like Alex Collins now. Yeah. Like, he's still behind Jordan Howard, but ahead of Alex Collins, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, midway through the... Yeah, 2-3 turn. That's... Yeah, there you go. That's about where um, Jordan Howard was going anyway, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, that means he's going to be RB, like, 11. Somewhere between RB 11 and 14. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, let's say Devontae Freeman comes back next week. I think I'd rather have Peterson. That's the question, yeah. It's close. I think I take Freeman, but it's close. It is close. I take Freeman. Actually, I take Freeman. I feel good about it. But it's closer than than you would think it has any right to be. So, how about that? Now, there's also a chance Peterson's just going to crap out and be done. That's the other thing. Yeah, he could just be too old. But Curtis Martin. Curtis Martin did it. Yeah. Guys do it. Yeah. Guys do it. And they say... Peterson was the mo- had the best endurance of anyone in uh, Washington camp when they brought him in. Wow. Like, that he was, like, uh, like, they had been doing training camp for, like, four weeks, and he was already, just, like, immediately, the guy in Besh, like, he was the, like, he'd go further and longer than anyone. So, huh. yeah, he's just got one of those weird miracle bodies. Yep. Well, happens. yeah, that was proven after he tore his ACL and, right. like, was just incredible right away. All right, let's pivot Ooh. to the NBA. Yes, because there's big news. Yeah, we're going to talk about Jimothan Butler. I think uh, you're pronouncing it wrong. It's Butler. Jimothan Butler. Thank you. Yeah. Jimmy Butler of the Minnesota Timberwolves yep. has requested a trade. Mm-hmm. He has his preferred destinations, but that's not a guarantee that those are the places he will go. But it does matter in terms of what the um, what they can get back for him, right? Right. Like, it's very similar to the Kawhi Leonard situation yes. where it could just be a one-year rental on Jimmy Butler if you're not one of his preferred destinations. Right. Paul George, same but thing. But you could be like the Raptors and decide, we can convince you to stay anyway. Yeah, and, and the Raptors had this great situation where it's like, it's not so bad to be wrong. We give up DeMar DeRozan. It's okay to blow up this team anyway at this point. Right, like they're and not... if it works, great. If it doesn't, it's okay. They're never doing well enough in the, in the playoffs anyway. Right. Like, but, DeMar DeRozan is not good enough to be the best player in your team. No, and he and like him and Lowry isn't enough, clearly. Yeah. And isn't gonna be in the next three years either, based on where the East is going. Right. right? But Kawhi and Lowry, you could at least talk yourself into yeah. it. Yeah. Now Jimmy Butler is not as good as Kawhi Leonard if Kawhi no. Leonard is healthy, but he is better than DeMar DeRozan, for With, example. I mean the so SI just did their top 100 players. ESPN just did their top 100 players. SI had him, I think, at 10, and ESPN had him, like, at 13 or yeah, something. Yeah, so we're talking Gives about, a like, a, a top 15 player for sure in the league. A huge difference maker. If he's the second best player on your team, you're often winning the title. Oh, yeah, for sure. I agree. So the teams that he has requested to be traded to are the Clippers, which we really don't want because yeah. of our bet. <laughs> don't um, do it. Or a New York team, right? Um, it was the Clippers, the Nets... Or I guess the Knicks. Was it the Knicks? Yeah, yeah it was just it was. New York and L.A., right? Yeah, because, and I mean, that's clearly based on him wanting to have those big market teams where he can get endorsements. And he obviously wants to be the best player on the team or else he would yeah. have included the Lakers in that. You would think so. Um, yeah. Also, he uh, there's rumors that he expanded his list to six teams and Miami was part of it also. Yeah, but uh, I was actually know. saying when that happened that Miami makes so much more sense than any of those teams to me because they have, I think, the fourth largest market in the NBA. Yeah. They, they have a huge social standing and like you can be a Miami player and get national and international endorsements. You don't need like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's almost as good as New York or LA. And that's a team 
that has a bunch of kind of mishmash players in there, but somehow always makes it work without a superstar. You put Jimmy Butler in there, that's a very serious team. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, they become great. They're, Miami we're talking about? Yeah. Great? Great really is good. very strong. How many, how many games if, do they win? If they don't have to give up anything significant sure. other than draft picks, 54, 55? Maybe. Maybe when they win 54 games. Okay. That's not great, though, but it's that's a real, good. really good team. Yeah, it's a really good team. Yeah. Um, like, second round, second round playoffs, almost certainly, and a shot at the conference finals kind of a team. Okay. Good. Okay. So just a few other notes, and we're going to get into some possible trades. I've, I've done some okay. looking and came up with some possible deals. Um, so when Jimmy Butler was playing, before he got hurt with the Timberwolves in the regular season, they were on pace to finish third in the Western Conference. That's pretty good. Which is amazing. When they were playing, um, when he played in the regular season, they were something like 14 points better than the opposition when he played, which is also outrageous. Yes, it and, is. And incredible. Um, so just to give you guys a sense of how important he is. But since the T-Wolves have, it seems like no real leverage here, let's nope. see what kind of deals they might be able to swing or not swing. So I got some teams that might be interested and things they might be willing to give up. Okay. Let's start with the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, he definitely doesn't want to go there. I know that, like, as far as his preferences. Yeah, but, you know, we thought Paul George wouldn't want to go to OKC, and we thought Kawhi wouldn't go, want to go to Toronto, and Paul George is staying in OKC, and Kawhi is already making noises about liking Toronto more than we would have thought anyway, and I think there's a much greater percentage chance he sticks around than I would okay. have said even three weeks ago. So, All right. so I don't know. Maybe Milwaukee thinks, like, well, you put this kid with Giannis, he's going to love it. He's going to love the way Giannis shares the ball, unlike Wiggins. It's going to be different. He's going to get into it. Okay, maybe. I'm just making that up, but, you know, whatever. I They might take a swing at it. Because the Bucs may also sit back and say, we're just not good enough to compete with the 76ers and the Celtics, and we need to take a chance. The, they're a very interesting destination. Now, what would they have to give up? Well, here's the, uh, the thing I was looking at. So in almost all these cases, you don't have to give up. As, you don't have to pay full price right. for Jimmy Butler, which is nice, right? Yeah. So I was thinking some version of Chris Middleton mm -hmm. and maybe a first-round pick or something like that. I would do that in a heartbeat if I were the Bucs. Well, unless it's the rental thing, I guess. Well, that's a, you're absolutely yeah. taking on the possibility of this being a rental. Yeah. And so then you'd have to sell them on it, and then it depends on... Like, I think, I think it has to work out. You know, you have to believe there's a reasonable chance you can keep him to give yep. up Chris Middleton's future. Now, and that would definitely make them contenders in the East. If, they, if all they gave up for this year was Chris Middleton yeah. and received Jimmy Butler, that's such a huge upgrade with, with Giannis still getting better. It'd be a massive upgrade. They, they would be immediate, like, contenders for the first spot in the East. Yeah, I guess they would. They'd have they would. to be. And I think culturally, the match between Jimmy Butler and Giannis would work quite well because Jimmy Butler's thing, at least his purported reason, which I kind of believe, at least a little bit, is that Towns and Wiggins and the other young guys on, on the Timberwolves don't work very hard. Yeah. And that upsets him. Like, they don't try that hard in practice and stuff. Uh, Antetokounmpo, or Giannis, the Greek freak, whatever his name is. You got he, it. He's well known for being an extremely hard worker. By the way, Carl Anthony Towns... This just so this is doesn't this is all part of the narrative. The day after Jimmy Butler said he wanted a trade, signed a supermax deal with Minnesota. Wow. Yeah. So that feels like not coincidental, the yeah. timing. He could have signed any time since June, mm -hmm. like June eighth or something like that. And he just signed the day after. Um, okay. So Chris Middleton is a possibility. Let's see which trade we think is most likely that works for best for both teams, et cetera, et cetera. So I got a few different ones here. Another one, this is, well, I'm not going to tell you well, what I think. I'm just going to give you the Can we, uh, the can we talk about that trade for a second from both, oh, yeah. both teams' perspective? Yeah, sure. Obviously, it's good for the Bucks, 
But Middleton in a first is not that great of a return because that team's going to be good, and the first-round pick is not going to be very good that you get. That's true. No, so we were really talking about Chris Middleton. Yeah. And who's like, okay, who's like, sorry, he's more than okay. He's yeah. a good player. Yeah. He's a top 40, 60. Maybe 40. Okay. That's really good. Yeah. It just isn't Jimmy Butler. This is, again, goes back to the Kawhi DeMar DeRozan thing, right? DeMar's right. like player number 25, and Kawhi, when he's healthy, is player number three. Yeah. It's not close, but DeMar is good. He's just not as good. And right. if you're not going to keep Kawhi anyway, you got to get something. Maybe Middleton is a reasonable return. I'm sure they want to get more than that. I just don't know if they can. Right. Well, let's let's take a look and see if we think some of these other deals are deals these other teams might willing to be willing to do in, if uh, Minnesota would want to accept them. Okay. okay. Um, Dallas uh, might be willing to go up Harrison Barnes and some stuff. What stuff? I don't know. Again, I'm just like, you know, like filler, like first round pick. Yeah. Harrison well, their, Barnes their first round pick is more valuable. Yep. Although... You had Jimmy Butler to Donich and DeAndre. It's Donchich. I know there was that yes. period of time where people thought it was Donich for okay. some reason, but it's definitely Donchich. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. I'm sure we all feel good about that. Um, and DeAndre is yeah. going to still be on the team. Like That team's pretty good now if you had Jimmy Butler. It is pretty good. I they're don't think not it's 60 wins. They're also in the West. Yeah, so maybe it's the 17th pick in the draft or something. Yeah. So it's something. It's got a little more value, but would you rather have Harrison Barnes in the 17th pick or Chris Middleton in kind of a useless draft pick i think i want the middleton side I, I don't think harrison barnes is really very good um i'd rather middleton also yeah barnes is also maxed out and yeah who wants that all right the denver nuggets interesting location yes with all the mountains a lot of mountains so that's great yeah jimmy butler loves high that. altitude it was perfect for his hair which is high altitude hair yeah i know you care about that uh the nuggets had offered gary harris and a one before for kevin love a year ago Okay. And Cleveland ultimately turned that down. And I don't know why they wouldn't make the same offer if they could for Jimmy Butler. Well, I guess the situation is a bit more leveraged in favor of getting the deal done. But Jimmy Butler is better than Kevin Love. Yes, he is. Um, yeah, that would, that would be a very interesting landing spot. Yes, that team, they dying for a defensive wing. Yeah. Dying for it. And he would be, he's one of the very, very best, of course. Yeah, um, both ways. That that becomes like they're one of those you know eight teams in the West that's like they could get third in the West or they could miss the playoffs. Right. If they make that trade, they are like a lock for the playoffs without injury. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. No, they're they're very very likely to be uh, hosting games. Like they have home home court advantage yeah. in the first round. Um, and like you said, could it could be better than that? I doubt they'd crack the top two at any point, regular season or postseason. But still. And then they have a lot of room to grow, right? Jokic can get better. Murray yeah. can get better. Will Murray, Barton can get better. Murray especially has yeah. a lot of room to grow. So there's a lot of stuff. Oh, they also drafted Michael Porter Jr., who could be a huge big-time player for them down the road. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Butler is still in his prime even. It could be like a year or two from now. This could all work out. You need a few pieces to go just right. But if Porter Jr. is, is like amazing in two years, Butler's still really good, and like Jokic has improved and Murray's improved, they might be the best team in the league. True. There's, there's a way that could go. No, I think that's um, a lesser landing spot for the sake of the Timberwolves. I don't think the Timberwolves get much return there. Yeah, Gary Harrison a one isn't super great. I agree. But Gary Harris is at least a good player. Yeah. But not, not nearly, not, nothing like Chris Middleton, not, for sure. Yeah, probably worse than Harrison Barnes at this point, too. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're right. All right, let's go to the Miami Heat, because that's a team Jimmy Butler said he is interested in. Okay. To, or like, there's rumors that he said that. I'm actually. pretty interested in this one. Josh Richardson and Justice Winslow. Snap, do it, if you're Miami. 
Yeah, snap do it if you're Miami. How about if you're Minnesota? Winslow still has a lot of room to grow. Yep. He could be – Richardson, Richardson does too. I mean, Richardson's good offensively. Winslow's good defense. It'll be cool if he could you know, do some sort of yeah. mind meld deal there. Uh, well, well, it's easier generally to get better offensively than defensively because defensive play requires so much athleticism. I mean, just, tell that to Marcus Smart, man. And by okay. the way, tell that to Justice Winslow. It's been a few years. Yeah, you know? some players just don't get better Justice Winslow has not improved offensively. That's true, but – I do remember watching a couple of Heat games and being kind of blown away by Justice Winslow's one-on-one defense. Yeah, sure. He, no, he's he's a lockdown guy. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the like top seven guys in the league in in terms of like I think like wings wing type defender. Too. I think if I think if I'm Minnesota, I really like that deal compared to the other deals so far. Mm. I feel like you know both of those guys have a ton of upside still. Yeah, and they are right in line with your age track as, yes. as Minnesota. And it seems like a pretty good situation for everybody because Jimmy Butler has alluded that he might even want to play there. Right. So Miami might be one. Of, maybe Miami can throw in even a little more potentially than than that because um, they can they can sort of beat the other offers if they think there's a good chance Jimmy's going to stay. Now, by the way, Jimmy staying is not as good as it sounds necessarily because it means you have to sign him to like a four year, hundred twenty million dollar deal. Yeah. You're paying him his age thirty four season some outrageous like forty million dollars. So. That may be a problem then, but for the next few years, it's going to be really great. Yeah, I mean, Miami becomes a pretty good team there with Goran Dragic, right. Jimmy Butler, Hassan Whiteside. I guess they lose two key pieces, obviously. They do, but still, which, they're clearly better. Yeah. But at the same point, I don't think Miami ever becomes good enough to even like threaten to go to the finals, even with adding Jimmy Butler here. They need to do something else, yeah, too. Yeah, I think the for the Eastern Conference deal, the Bucks is a higher upside deal for, right. for the team. So... Than, I agree. Yep. I agree. Like, if you're trading for Jimmy Butler at this age with the kind of contract you're going to have to give him, assuming he wants to stay anyway, you have to have some belief that this is going to be like, a, you know, put you over the top kind of, kind yeah. of thing. Not maybe to beat the Warriors this year, but two years from now to be, the, you know, to have a real shot at making the finals at least, you know, something would, where it's going to be legit. I would like if I were an Eastern team to at least be thinking that I could beat the Sixers or Celtics this year. That would be awesome. And I I think the Bucs would have a chance if they made the trade like that. I have um, three other possible trades, and I think all of them are more like potential. Put you over the top, or at least get you in the conversation Okay, um, for these three teams. Okay, one of them is to the Lakers, right? If you add Jimmy Butler to the Lakers right now, and you give up... I just wrote young Lakers, so we we could figure out how we want to do it. You probably have to give up Brandon Ingram and... Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball. Or Lonzo and Kuzma, or however you do it, right? Yeah. You do some combination. You give up two of those three guys... Um, you believe you're going to be able to resign him. Yeah. You got LeBron. Now you're not wasting LeBron's age 34 season. Nope. Which you'd be doing, which you're doing right now. Um, LeBron is signed for three more years anyway. So you sign Jimmy Butler for four years next year. And you're like, well, it's going to be brutal in a few years, but we're a free agent destination and we're re- going to be really good next year. And I mean, it if, might be, I mean, you had those two guys. If you just, that's that you might be the, you might be the best. You might win. You might win if you, yeah. If you, if you do the Kuzman ball one, especially keep Ingram for well, the, the thing. Yeah, I guess that's right. You don't need Lonzo as a point guard because LeBron's going to be distributing the ball anyway. Right. And you have Rondo. So think about, yeah. think about the defensive upside of that team. If it's Kuzma and Ingram Rondo, who, if he tries is a yeah. great defender, Jimmy Butler, clearly a great defender. LeBron, if he tries is a great defender. Ingram rates to, to become a great defender by all advanced analytics. And then JaVale McGee, reasonable rim protector. Mm-hmm. Like the defensive uptime, upside of that team is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think any combination of the two players, right? I'm sure Brandon Ingram has to be part of the deal if you're the Timberwolves. Yeah, you would really want to get that. 
But you get, even if you go Ingram Ball, you now are like, you put those guys around Carl Anthony Towns, like you could be really good soon. That's true. That would be an, in, that's a really interesting one. I like one. that. I like that one a lot. And then the Lakers would pay a little bit more because they think they have a much better shot of resigning yeah. Jimmy than everyone else. I think else. if you can get Ingram and Ball, you've got to do it if you're I think Minnesota. you do too. What if it's just Ingram? You can't do it just for Ingram. You can get better than that. Yeah, I guess you probably... Well, you're, we're going to hear some possibly better offers right now. Okay. Um, okay, here's another team that I, I kind of love this one. And I, I don't even worked out... I got two possible ways it could go, but the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. They've got some, they've got some assets they could deal here. Yeah. One of them is Markel Fultz. Yep. What about Markel Fultz for Jimmy Butler? Is that enough? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. I agree, but it might be. Um, let's say you let's say you're like, you know what? All right, we have to throw in a little more. We have they have two other really nice things they could throw in that could work. One is they have Miami's unprotected 2021 pick. Okay. And if Miami doesn't get Jimmy Butler, they may be pretty bad in 2021. Yeah. That could might. be so Fultz and that number one pick, which could easily be a lottery pick. Yeah. Now that's looking like pretty good. If Fultz becomes what you want him to become or some or close to that. You pair that with Towns and Wiggins. You're like, well, we've got this young core, and I don't know. The problem, the thing I'd be concerned about is that the 76ers are giving up on Fultz. That's not good. No. After one year. And they know more about him than you do. Okay. They also have Dario Saric. Yeah. I know you love Saric. I, I'm, I don't love him, but I think he's pretty good. But if you can get, if you give up him and the Miami's unprotected pick, or even Fultz and Saric for Butler, if you think you can, you might be able to get Butler to stick around too because. You know, like your team would be so good. The team would be so good, and you'd be like, "We're gonna be good forever, man." They're they're instantly favorites in the East yeah. if they make that deal. I, I would say you probably end up throwing Covington into anyone any version of these deals too. Probably so. It's maybe it's Sarge and Covington or Fultz and Covington because Covington plays the same position. Or maybe you keep them and bring them off the bench. That's great too. Well, for depth. I mean, I don't know. I, I really like the Sarge and Fultz idea. Yeah, because I th- talking about defensive upside. Think about the fucking defensive upside of that team. I mean. So you have Butler. I mean, you, this, have, you have Ben Simmons playing the one. Ugh. You have Covington playing the two. Well, you got JJ Redick there still too. Yeah, sure, but okay, Covington for, for, oh, your, for defensively for your, best, for your okay. best defensive lineup. Covington at the two. Oh my God, Embiid at the five, Butler at the three, and who cares who plays the four? Yeah, <laughs> like oh my God, nobody can score in that team, and that team can score. Yeah. That team could win the title next year. Yeah. This year. I'm sorry. This, yeah. this upcoming season. They're definitely favorites to win the East if they do that. So if that's true and you're Philly and you think, okay, we might win the title right now if we make this deal. And it's possible we can keep, if we can keep Jimmy, it makes more sense for us to resign Jimmy than some of these other teams like the Lakers. Because Jimmy four years from now won't be that good, but he'll be pretty good. Yeah. And our other players will be, Simmons will be better. Yeah. Right. And Beat will probably be better. We can grow into this a little bit. So we won't need as much from Jimmy. The Lakers I'm, will need a lot from Jimmy. Four I years really from now. like it. And if they avoid injury, they make the finals a lot of the time with that team. It's going to be really hard for Butler to say, okay, I'm done with this team. Right. We just made the finals. Exactly. Like, I want to go play for the Clippers. Yeah. I want to go play for the Nets. Like, are you crazy? Yeah. That's a dumb idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's Last, the most interesting one so that, far. Yeah. Here's, here's one that isn't, it's not a put you over the top in the same way, but it clearly improves this team and it really gives them something they need. But I need you to take a breath and be okay with this deal and like hear it from an unbiased point of view. <sighs> Is it, Jimmy Butler to the Trailblazers for C.J. McCollum. Yes. Instant yes. Instant yes. Okay, good. I thought you were going to be a lot more. No. Okay. No, of course. So, how old is C.J.? He's still pretty young, right? He's, he's like, like 25 27? to 26. Okay, yeah. So, and Jimmy's 30, right? I think he's 29, about to be 30. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's, I think that's also a pretty good deal from the Timberwolves' point of view. Like, I think it is as well. C.J. is a very good two-guard. 
Yep, and he's young, and he also is more in line with Towns' uh, yeah. um, age, mm-hmm. you know, deal, window, yeah. whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So CJ, maybe, may, I don't know, maybe you have to give it more. Maybe you don't. CJ is a lot, is a big piece. He's a big know? piece, yeah. Like, that's better than Chris Middleton, I think. Oh, definitely. He's better than Chris Middleton. He's, man, that changes the Blazers a lot, too. I mean, yeah, they were a top 10 defense last year while they played Lillard and McCollum at the same time, right. a lot of the time. And those guys are horrible on defense. Now Lillard got better. Okay. McCollum was still quite bad. Okay. But, but now you can put Jimmy on the best backcourt guy. Yeah. And not worry about it. Like, have oh my in, in gosh, the they're they're top five defense. Aminu, Aminu's yeah. really good defensively too. I know Harkless, you love Harkless. Harkless there too. it is. Yeah, he I, is. I knew you're gonna bring him up. Um, so like, it's just like that. I don't think it's enough to make them a title contender. No, I don't think so either. But they're definitely. But they might be the third like best team in the West. They're like a lock to make the playoffs with that. Oh, lineup. oh, for sure. Yeah. No, I think they might be the third best team in the West if they if they make that deal. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And now if you're Portland, that means you have to resign. You have to try, you're, you're planning to resign Jimmy because if you lose CJ and you lose Jimmy after a year, which would be the risk you're, you're yeah. taking on here, which is why you're getting the ta- more talent back, that's kind of devastating to your team, right? Like it you're is kind of screwed. But there's also rumblings around Portland that, you know, Lillard isn't super happy that the team hasn't made a bunch of moves to try mm-hmm. to, to capitalize on his window. Yeah. You know, so this would at least be an attempt at that. Yeah. Absolutely, it would, and it, and they have to solve this problem at some point. Like Lillard being okay at defense and CJ being horrible, it's really hard to win a title that way yeah. with the way backcourts have gone. And like every point guard now is like a superstar scoring guy. It feels like there's so many of those guys. Right. I mean, James Harden, Chris Paul, freaking no Lillard and Lillard and Kyrie. Uh, Butler on the same backcourt makes so much sense to me because yeah. you just put like you said you put Butler on their best backcourt player, whether it's the point guard or not. Lillard gets to play decent defense and relax a little bit more on defense playing against like the not so great player. Yeah. And then Lillard is clearly a better offensive player than Jimmy Butler. And, and he goes nuts on offense because he's has more energy. You know? But so, and so as Portland, as a Portland, you're a huge Portland fan. You're yeah. willing to take the risk that Jimmy just bails because Portland's yeah. a sm- much smaller city. Yep. He won't be the number one. Well, maybe he'll be the number one guy actually in Portland. I don't know if he won't. Everyone loves Lillard so much. I mean, much. Lillard, as of right now, I think the, Vast majority of analysts would say Lillard is a better player than Butler, but they also would. I don't say, think that's true. They would say they're close. They would say they're close, but I mean, on all the lists, Butler's ahead of really? Lillard. All of them. Yeah, huh. no one has Lillard as a top ten player. Really? Okay, I thought he would be considered a top you know ten what? player. Maybe I'm wrong. I can't remember. I mean, anymore. he was fifth in MVP vote. Yeah, he was really year. good last year. All right. Well, anyway, they're close. Yeah. They're close enough. I assume it's still going to be Lillard's team, and Jimmy Butler's going to be the number two guy in terms of popularity in the city and all that. Yeah. And Lillard's going to take the really big shots in crunch time because he's done that his entire career. Well, he's and also just well. a better offensive player than Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if I don't know how Butler's going to feel about that, and then that increases the chances he might leave. Also, the fact that they're almost certainly not going to make the finals. Like we're saying, if he's on um, the 76ers, he may just feel like, I have to stay. Like, yeah. we're, we're going to win. We could win the title the next three years if Golden State's getting older, even if they lose in the finals badly. Like, you could see him talk himself into that. Absolutely. I think that's the most interesting destination, the 76ers. Mm-hmm. I think the Blazers are a very fun, interesting destination for the sake of what the team would look like and also as a Blazers fan. Yeah. I also think it's one of the least likely for him to stick around in. I think if you're the 76ers, it's easy to give up Sarge and it's easy to give up that Miami pick. Fultz is the big thing. Like, you're sitting on Fultz, and as the 76ers, you could talk yourself into, you know, if we just wait around, we may have three superstars on our team. True, true. I don't think Fultz is going to be that. I don't think so either. And just think about this year, how amazing the team would be. Yeah, I mean, Butler kind of already, he's not a superstar, but he's just outside that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, wow. I think you're supposed to do that deal. I think you're supposed to give up Fultz and more. 
Fultz and Covington or whatever it is, you know, Fultz and the Miami pick for, um, for the shot at Jimmy Butler's coming and also staying. I think you're supposed to do it. And, and I think it's Portland. You're supposed to do it. CJ McCollum also. So the, those two deals kind of blow the other stuff, except maybe the Lakers one away. The Lakers one is pretty interesting the, too. And some Ingram and one of the other two guys, yeah. probably ball, right? They probably would prefer ball to Kuzma. Yeah. Um, but even Ingram and Kuzma ain't bad. It's not bad, no. But Ingram is ball is better because ball is much more upside than Kuzma. I would argue. I would uh, I would agree with that. Yeah. So, oh man, I'm fascinated to see what the Timberwolves end up doing here. There was also talk that Tibbs. By the way, Tibbs is trying really hard not to trade Jimmy Butler. Well, that's just a dumb thing. Well, he is. He apparently met with him on Monday again to try and convince him again to stay, and you know, and and drop the trade request, which I think is what you're supposed to do as Tibbs. Like this is what the um. The Spurs did with Kawhi, though it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But we've seen this happen a lot where it does work. Back in the day, Hakeem Olajuwon wanted to leave the Rockets badly, and it was like this. He I didn't was, know that. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely wanted to go, and they just refused to move him. Was that the before they got Barkley and Drexler? Oh, well before, well okay. before. I think it's before they won uh, their first their two titles. Well, even. that's they had Barkley and Drexler for both of those titles. So they had Barkley and Drexler for neither of those titles. They had Drexler. But Are you sure? Barkley was Barkley never won a title, dude. Oh, really? That was way later. Oh, you're right. Way, way, way later. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Um, and in fact, they didn't have Drexler either. Drexler was a star on the Trailblazers. Not they had Kenny Smith and uh, yeah. Sam. What's his face? Sam Cassell. That's yeah, who they had. That's right. Yeah, and, and Robert Ory. Yeah, and Robert Ory. That, that was the team. Well, yeah. And they, and, they had no Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's they had they Michael had. Jordan not in the league. That but year. then, but they got to win. You know, yeah. they and they did it as like the four seed each time. You know, from the West. But Hakeem was so good in the playoffs. But my point is, Hakeem demanded to be dealt, and they just did. They just refused to deal him. They're just hmm. like, but that was. I think he was in the middle of a contract, and NBA free agency wasn't the way it is now, where players could move around really easily. So the threat wasn't as strong as it as it is now. But I like the idea of a lot of people have talked about the Cavs really making a mistake trading Kyrie that it would have been better for them just to sit down and try, have like as many meetings as it takes between, you know, the Cavs and Kyrie or the Cavs and Kyrie and LeBron or whatever it is to keep Kyrie um, rather than get Isaiah Thomas and what ended up being the number eight pick for him. Now, I thought at the time they got a pretty good return. I did too. Um, so maybe they just felt it was fine. Uh, but like looking back, it was LeBron's last year and the number eight pick. I mean, if Isaiah Thomas was healthy, I guess that would have been it okay. It might have been a whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I think the most interesting is definitely the 76ers from a fan perspective. Oh, man, that is fascinating. Uh, the Lakers, too. Lakers is also, yeah. yeah. You're right. I hope, he, I hope he goes to one of those two places, even as a Celtics fan, because that would be make the NBA way more exciting. Yeah. I'm all about it. Me, too. Hey, speaking of the NBA, which stands for the National Basketball Association. Yeah. Grab some Gatorade. We've got a lot of podcasts left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to do some NBA over-unders. Yep, we are uh, closing out the Western Conference with the NBA's Southwest Division, which is probably the most improperly named division in sports, containing <laughs> both the New Orleans Pelicans and the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, that's pretty the bad. Southwest. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, so... I was just in Tennessee. It's really not in the West. No. i just like to confirm everyone. You I came, was in Tennessee yesterday. You came from the West to go to Tennessee. And, and it, it took a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, the Southwest Division which has to play all of these awesome Western Conference teams, mm-hmm. and they're over-unders. Let's start okay. with the upstart Dallas Mavericks. Okay, with Doncic. Doncic and a horrible culture. Um, so, Oh, yeah, well, that's, that's, that's sort of separate from what's going on with the team, though, and yes, how they're going to do, I think. It is. Um, 
They're over under. Now, I always find these over unders interesting. This kind of reminds me of the Clippers because of the tanking nature of the NBA. But when they're in this range, it's always weird. 34 is their over under. Mm. That's out of the 82 game win season, how much the book is saying they are willing to let you bet one side or the other. 34 wins. Yep. Uh, they do have Antetokounmpo, Costas Antetokounmpo. <laughs> I got excited just for a second. <laughs> who, uh, is I guess he's very okay. similar in body to Giannis. Whatever. Let's not act like it's a thing. Come okay, on. let's talk about their key players here. Yeah, Dennis Smith Jr. was a rookie last year and was at least pretty good. Yep. He's highly athletic. He's got to, you know, improve a lot, but it's totally possible he'll make a big jump forward this year. It happens a lot with, with kids where they, their second year is a big year. They still got the old, uh, the old Dirk there. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's still at least okay. He's an off. He still has an unblockable fadeaway that goes in way too much. I'm afraid they're going to keep playing Wesley Matthews, which you know, yep, just can't be a good idea. We got Harrison Barnes, who neither of he's us okay. are too excited. I mean, about. he's okay. Yeah, um, they got DeAndre. They got DeAndre, and they have the X factor. Yeah, Luka Doncic, who um, at least in pickup games and things like that. With um, lots of NBA players, apparently they, someone was saying he's the best player on the floor every time. He did things that nobody has ever done in the EuroLeague mm-hmm. as an 18-year-old last year. He yeah. won the EuroLeague MVP yeah. as an 18-year-old. So if he is the guy that the Mavericks thought they were drafting for real, and if he's the guy that all the whispers were about, and he comes in totally ready. Like LeBron, kind of? Yeah, maybe a, a notch down from LeBron and Shaq yeah. in their rookie years. But he comes in and he's already, you know, he can score like 15 points. Maybe he's like Jason Tatum level of, uh, you know, like Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum type thing. Okay. You know, yeah. Where they're really good, but they're not superstars or anything either. But like really, really good player right away. Yeah. Like, wow, this is like a top 40 player we just get to add to our team right yeah. now. Um, which is possible. So let's say he's that. I mean, but they easily, they easily go over. By those whispers that you're talking yeah. about, I mean, I think his upside is, is higher than that. Which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, he could be like, you know, third team all NBA, second team all NBA. I don't, th- I don't think he can be that it's, this first I mean, year. If, I don't think so. If the whispers whisper correctly. I don't think he can be that. Whispers. I'm just saying, I don't believe that, that he can do that. I don't think it's likely, but I think his upside is higher than the majority of players we've talked about in recent drafts. I mean, okay, but there's almost no rookies ever whose upside is third team All NBA or better their rookie year. Almost yeah, none. But we've never seen a player like this before. That's true. Who? That's true. As I said, like a lot of the European players who get drafted in the top five overall are not putting up big numbers. In, oh, they're doing two point four points a game. Yeah, the yeah. Doncic at eighteen was MVP numbers. Yeah. So like literally MVP. That's numbers. that's a very different thing than Dragon Bender or something. Yeah. You know. Like, that's true. No, you're totally right. So I, I do think that upside is there. Okay. Um, that's not crazy when you say it that way. I'm still going to say I don't think so, but he was the MVP in the EuroLeague, and that's the second best league in the world at, yeah. at 18. All right, so what do, you, what do you think? This is a tough one, actually, because of the volatility of Doncic. I the think West was, is really, really good. Yeah. It's important to remember that. They also have DeAndre Jordan, who's a good center. He's okay. Yeah. Not great, but he's all right. He's yeah. certainly you know above average, right? Barely above average, something like, yeah. like the 12th best center in the league or something. I guess the real question comes down to, is this a team that we add this year to that mishmash of Western right. Conference teams that are really fighting for the eighth playoff spot? If the answer is yes, then they, they then get they they, the they, they're easy. easy. Yeah. And the answer is no, then they probably hit the under because the other West teams will fe- be feasting on them. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, 38, what's the number? 34. 34. You're kind of talking me into the over because of the Doncic thing. I got to tell yeah, you, I'm I mean, feeling it. I'm feeling it a I'm little bit. I'm feeling it there. too. I want the over. Yeah. And the price on all these is still about, um, Even. about equal? Yeah. Okay, cool. 
All right, well, yeah, I like the over. We're taking the over on Dallas. We're deciding to believe in Doncic. 34 wins. Let's talk about a much better team. Okay. The Houston Rockets. They are better, and they've added a soon-to-be Hall of Famer. I mean, <laughs> well, that's a, that's a bit of a mislead. It's true. It's true, but it's Carmelo Anthony. Well, I mean, if they added, you know, Steph Curry, then everyone know, know about it. who's not a soon-to-be Hall of Famer? Who? Chris Middleton. Yeah. Would you rather have added him or Carmelo Anthony? I'd rather have added Chris Middleton. Okay, just saying. But they did add a soon-to-be Hall of Famer, right? Like, when he retires five years from now, he's going to go in on the first ballot, almost certainly. This is basically like Brett Favre signing with the Packers for one game. And like, hey, we just got a Hall of Famer. (laughs) It's not exactly like that. But I will give you, he's probably going to come off the bench. (laughs) Now, they're going to be great, and he'll probably be good for their bench. Okay, now... They're over under is 55, by the way. Yeah. They won 67? 64 or something? I don't know. It was, it was a high 60 number, I guess. Um, I guess. <laughs> they also added Michael Carter-Williams for some reason. Who cares? And Marquise Chris. whoop do you do? Brandon Knight? I mean, Marquise Chris has got... I mean, Brandon Knight is awful. Marquise Chris at least has some... Um, He's still got upside. Exactly. He has upside. That's all I got. But I think the real matters. upside on this team, because this isn't a team of old men, but the real upside on this team is Clint Capella. Like, if he continues yeah, to like develop, that. if he becomes a, like, definitely this guy's a top three center in the league type of thing, then I think the over is coming in pretty much every time. But I do think Carmelo Anthony is a downgrade uh, versus Ariza. The Ariza and Lucumba Mute. They lost both those guys mm-hmm. who play the same position as Carmelo and are better at it than him, in my opinion. Well, I mean, Carmelo doesn't play defense. He's going to just, you know, eat up your possessions and shot clock. He's going to take threes, but he hasn't shot threes really well for quite a while. He's probably going to be, you know, salty about coming off the bench and not getting the shots that he used to get. It might not work out. By the way. <laughs> There's a chance it won't work out. By the way, how did they get Clint Capella at the deal that they got him at? Well, what did they get him? Four years, 90 million? Is that right? 60 million. Four years, 60? 15 million a year. Sounds surprisingly low. Yeah, for Capella, he was. Oh, he was trying to get ninety, I think, yeah. and then eighty, and they just they were just saying, "All right, go sign somewhere else." And no one was bothered to sign him to an offer sheet because they knew Houston was just going to match it anyway, and they didn't want to tie up their salary cap for three days. That worked out really well for them. Yes, he's worth more than fifteen million a year. It seems like he is. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about he's the rest young of their, too. The rest of their team. Obviously, you have the superstars. Yeah, they have two the of the ten court. best players in the league here. With, I mean. What is the upside on Harden? Could he be the third best player in the league? Or is he just too much of a defensive liability? I mean, I think there are people who would argue he is the third best player yeah. in the league. Or at least the fourth best player in the league. Yeah. And then Chris Paul, who's getting older, but still very good. Yeah. I mean, he's top 10, like you said. And le- yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if he didn't get hurt last year, it's hard to imagine the Rockets not winning the title based on, you know, when, when he got hurt in game six. Yeah, so, I mean, their team's all about those two guys, but they have some other pieces that are okay. Like Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon is he's, pretty good. He's good for sure. Uh, Nene is, like, just a, a uh, good rotation guy. Okay. But they don't really have anybody else. Yeah. I mean, P.J. Tucker, I guess he works well in their system. I mean, you know, he's going to play 12 minutes a game. He played she, a lot more than that. In the playoffs, he was playing, like, major minutes. In, okay, but, in closing it, but games. regular season, he's not going to play nearly that much. He's going to play more than 12 minutes. I'll take the over. On 12 minutes a game. All right, you want to bet that? No. Okay. Um, Clint Capella, though, is good. Yeah, they, they kind of need Clint Capella to be really good. Yeah. Because also, Chris Paul's a year older, and he ain't young anymore, man. No, he's not. And he gets injured quite a bit. It seems like all the time. 55 is a tough number, though. I don't know what to do with that. They won 65 games last year. I'm taking the over. I think they got worse 
I do think they got worse. Okay. Any team adding Carmelo that removes at least six wins from their total. <laughs> also, Mike D'Antoni made a whole thing last season about how they weren't going to like sit their starters or anything down the stretch, even after they had locked up the number one overall seed and home, home court advantage throughout the playoffs. He said, we can't do that. Like We have to keep pushing and all that. So I'm going to guess he's going to continue that philosophy, which means you know, with, on game 81, he's still going to be trying to win the game. They got Joe Johnson also. Yes, they do. So there's that. People thought that was going to be a better upgrade than it ended up being. I got to take the over on 55 yep. also. It's too small. It's too low. Just got to do it. 55. Right. Come on. Yeah, 55. You got to go over 55 on Houston. Harden's just going to take a million shots. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's not going to be great. It's actually some of the most boring basketball to watch. I mean, I think, I mean, everyone does it now, but like, I think the three point shot has actually really hurt basketball mm-hmm. from an entertainment point of view. I, and I would really like them to move it back, move the line back significantly. Quick aside, I don't know if we necessarily need to move the line back. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I know you do. But I want to bring it to the say audience. It. So what do you guys think? You can tweet at us at our new Twitter handle. Which is? Which is Money Fire Money Pod. Fire Pod at Money Fire Pod. <laughs> Obviously. Or just search. How about light- just Lighting Money on Fire? Yeah. yeah, just search Lighting Money on Fire on Twitter. That's the name of our Twitter Uh I think it would be cool if we just didn't have shorter three-pointers anywhere on the court. They're yeah. all NBA-level three-pointers, so there's no more corner threes. The line just runs into out-of-bounds, and it's a two-point shot once it hits out-of-bounds. That would certainly help, but I think the line has to be moved back also at this point. They still take... Their teams are really happy to take you know, above-the-break threes, and you know, they just, they, they're willing to take, they'd rather take corner threes, but they're, the next shot they want to take if it isn't dunk is still like the above the break three if they can't take the corner three you know right but the above the break threes are worth a lot fewer points than corner threes of course they are but teams are still going to take a million of them which is what we're trying to dissuade right yeah so like push it out another foot foot and a half and kill this you know do the whole thing do what you're saying too. also no corner threes now it's going to change and it's going to go back to an inside outside game there's going to be posting up again there's going to be two two more shots are going to matter again it's not going to be boring when someone hits a three because it doesn't mean anything because the other team's just going to go down and shoot a three anyway and you see it a million times i remember when a three was special man i saw i feel like i feel like a baseball purist who's like arguing against the designated hitter yep that's you yeah you're the old man in the room now congratulations yeah finally we we killed the other the old man the other old man died we didn't i mean i'm he was always I don't know who killed him. He was always chewing tobacco and talking about baseball. Yeah, so he's dead, so now I'm the old man in the room. All right, so 55, we both like the over on Houston. Yeah. Next team is maybe the least exciting team in the NBA, the, the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies. It had to be. Is there a less exciting team than the Memphis Grizzlies? Um, The guess, Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, I mean, they have, like... What? D'Angelo Russell? Yeah. The... the the Grizzlies, got, the Grizzlies have Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol, yeah, two of the better players in the league. Yeah, but they also had them forever, and they're not getting any better. Who cares? But they're, they're going to win 41 games sometimes. Well, their they're over-under is 33, so you're, sounds like you Well, love. I'm assuming no injuries and not trading and giving up. And Let's talk about this team. Yeah. Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol are their old men yes. who are the leaders of the team. They are both pretty good when healthy. Neither of them are great when healthy. I'm Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, Marcus, people, there was a while when people thought Mark Gasol was like maybe the best center in the league, but that was when centers were looking really weak. He's also on a significant downtrend skill yes. wise. He's older. He's been hurt. Thirty three. They have Chandler Parsons, who is really not delivered for them. No, he's been a massive cancerous salary cap. And then they hole. just have a bunch of dudes, basically yeah. like Kyle Anderson. They paid Kyle Anderson eight point six million. Michael Green, Dylan Brooks, Marshawn Brooks. They got two Brooks. Dylan Brooks. Why are you mentioning him? 
Because they're both Brooks's. Okay, that's true. We've got Mario Chalmers. I mean, there's no one else here who has any value. Garrett Temple, who Oh, cares? Jaron Jackson. They're, they're oh, rookie. hey, okay, that guy's got value. Yeah, he might be... It's like he's a rookie of the year candidate right now, basically. This is... I think the, their path to the over is Jaron Jackson's good right yep. now. He's already good. And he was good in Summer League, right? You yep. were saying that? Um, so that's the path. You know, I'm... I'm and also take, no, no injuries for the other guys. I'm going to take the under... Um, for a couple reasons. Go. Well, mostly one reason. I, th- I think this is a scenario that plays out somewhat frequently where Memphis ends up trading Conley or Gasol or both mm. before the trade deadline because it, they just don't have a chance. And they go into full-on tank mode, like, let's get, let's get a friend for Jaron Jackson Jr. here who's on his age track, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and just try to get a top-five pick this right. year. I think that happens a lot more often than it does with most teams. Um, I think there's. I think this is the beginning of the Memphis Boston situation too, where Boston has the rights to Memphis's pick unless it's uh, in the lottery this year. Oh right. So yeah. if they're tanking anyway, if they're close, if it's going to be close, there's more reason to tank rather than not. You know, because yeah. they don't get to keep the 15th pick in the draft anyway. Yeah. Which then, cool. So we're gonna, you know, it's just like sort of a completely lost year for them. Yeah. Rather than not like what they want to do is get real bad and then get good again kind of quickly because the Celtics because that protections go down and down and down on that pick the Memphis pick right specifically like until I think it's twenty whenever the double draft could be which is when the the NBA might allow uh, high schoolers back in again so mm-hmm. so like the best high schoolers and the best college players will all be in the same draft that one year um, that's the first year I think the Celtics have it um, it completely unprotected so like. The Grizzlies don't want the Celtics to have that. Maybe that's a reason, actually, to not tank this year now that I think about it. Like, let them get the 15th pick and get it off. You don't ever have to think about yeah. it again. And then now you can tank for real. You lose a year of Jaron Jackson, but I guess he can develop anyway. That's true. You're, not really, losing said, You're still, not really losing a year. I like the under because I still think that happens somewhat frequently where they end up tanking. And I mean, if Marcus Gasol gets hurt, how are they going to win 34 games? Yeah, right. And or by the way, him. even though they're in Memphis, Tennessee, they do play in the Western Conference. Yeah. So... Tough conference. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The travel is harder on them. Do you think? Be on most of do you teams. think the travel is like minus one point five games per year or something? For if you're the Pelicans or the Grizzlies, I don't know because their planes are so comfortable. Yeah, they don't have to go through all the stuff that everyone else has to go through with travel, where you have to wait all, all these delays, and the food isn't good, and it's really uncomfortable. The planes are amazing. The food is great. There's no delays. It's so much better. I don't know. I don't know if it's as bad as I don't, it's possible. It isn't so bad. Okay. What do you think? I think it, it must have some effect, but it's probably not yeah. huge. Yeah. Anyway, I'd be surprised if it's as high as a game and a half. I like the under on 33. What do you think? If I had to pick, I'll take the over, but I don't like it. Okay. I don't feel comfortable with it. I've taken the over on all three, so that's cool. Yeah. I guess yeah. you're an optimist. I am. I feel right. good. So next up, we have the other team that is in the southeastern United States in the Southwest Division, the New Orleans Pelicans. Yes. Who... Swept the Trailblazers in round one of the playoffs last year. Drew Holiday was a revelation. Drew Holiday looked so much better than I realized he was in yep. that series. Their number is 44. Wow. So they won 48 games last year? Something, something like, that. like that. 48 or 49. Yeah. 48 and 34. That was their record. All right. So they obviously have Anthony Davis. Yes. That guy's pretty fucking good. They have Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is also seems really good. Not as good as Anthony Davis. They have Nikola Miritich is probably their third best player. Or Julius Randle. I think it's Miritich, but it's close. It might be Randle. But they added Randle, which is a huge addition for yeah, them. Yeah, because they had Boogie Cousins, but he didn't really play that much right. before he got hurt. Well, so, no, I mean, he played before he got hurt. Well, he did. 
But but they they were better. Once he got hurt, they won more games. Yeah. Adding Miritich, they were better. Yeah. Yeah. So this team is interesting. It's a it's a pretty interesting team. This is a good team, man. Yeah. This yeah. is a really good team. It just it just speaks to how tough the West is that you know they may not what's their number? Forty four. Seems low. I like the over. It I feels kind of like the Blazers number. If they didn't add Julius Randle, I would like the under. Adding Randall to this to the team that did so well last year. Yeah. Randall's really good. Randall is absolutely a starter in this league. Yeah. I know I the Lakers let him go, but I'm telling you, he is like if they're for, I don't know, is Meritich going to start as well and play small forward or is he going to come off the bench? I don't know. They got bench problems, uh, yeah. to be fair. I mean, they Solomon lost Hill. They lost for John Rondo and added Alfred Payton. That's definitely a downgrade for backup point guard. Yeah, but it's fine. They got Jaleel Okafor, who, who gives a shit. Yeah. Darius Morris. I don't even know who that is. They have Etuan Moore. Etuan he's Moore. Okay. He can shoot threes sometimes, but he's not. He's like a replacement level player, right? Slightly better. He's better than a replacement, they but not, have, not hugely. They have another Darius, who I don't know who it is. Darius Miller. Two Darius. Yeah, never heard of him. Frank Jackson, a rookie from Duke, who I don't think anybody expects to contribute Jared this year. Jared Jack is to just add to their backup point guard. Solomon group. Hill, just whatever. He's, yeah. Garland Green. So they got nothing that? except those, those main stars, and maybe that works. I mean, they won 48 games last year anyway. Yeah, because Anthony Davis is so good, I think. Yeah. That's, and he, he could take another step forward. He could be the best player in the league this year. Yeah. He's one of those guys who you could, at the end of the year, say, that guy was the clear MVP. But I'm going to take the under, and here's why. Whoa. Because Anthony Davis puts himself in jeopardy seven times every single game he plays. He gets hurt a lot? He, well, not just he gets hurt. He gives himself a chance to get hurt. Yeah. He goes for these plays, these incredibly athletic plays, that you know he's just going to get knocked down you know, more often than a lot of other players would. And his frame is such that he could just miss 25 games, 30 games pretty easily. And so I'm just going to bet on injury and also the West being really good. And combined, I'll take the under on the 44. Okay. What I understand those reasons, but I'm just going to take the over because that's fair. The starting lineup is fucking good. If, if they didn't have Julius Randle, it'd be easy to take the under. But otherwise, I, I would want to take the over except for the injury thing. Yeah, I'm I'm going with the over. That's fair. I just think they're really. I don't talented. think it's great. I mean, I think it's fine to take the over. They have a garbage bench, though. They do have a garbage. They have bench. a garbage. Who's their coach? Is it Alvin Gentry? Yeah. Okay, I don't have anything bad to say about him. He's fine. He has kind of like a mean looking face. He looks like, oh man, he looks like he should be like an Asgardian. You know, he's <laughs> like, yeah, I want him carrying a spear. You know, with a cool helmet on. You know, fighting alongside. I don't know. I feel like the you're other saying guys. he looks a little bit like Idris Elba. No, that's actually not what I'm saying. He's got a tough look to him, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yourself doesn't really have a tough look. He's like kind of a small guy. I feel like I could take him. He's short, too. No, he's not. I just saw... Um, you think everybody's short. He's short. I just saw Molly's game again last night on the plane coming back, and he was like shorter than Jessica Chastain. He's like a little guy. He's like Danny DeVito, basically. He's like slightly bigger than Danny DeVito. I went to NBA Summer League this year and walked past Elvin Gentry. He's like six foot six. I'm talking about Idris Elba. Oh, Idris Elba. Do you think do you think Alvin Gentry was starting in Molly's game and standing next to Jessica Chastain? I wasn't really listening, I guess. I guess not. Yeah. Alvin Gentry played in the league. Of course he's tall. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> so you like the under and I like the over on the Pelicans 44. Yeah. All right. Last team in the division is the San Antonio Spurs. Or as we call them, the San Antonio DeRozans. Yes, because they have DeMar DeRozan. They... They have LaMarcus Aldridge I mean, and DeMar DeRozan. Those are their big pieces. This is crazy. It's like the king of wishful jump shots. I mean, it's all long two-pointers on this team right now. You yep. know? Like, yep. I don't know, man. I'm not a fan. I know Pop's probably the best coach in the league. Top three for sure. 
But who do they have on this team that you're excited about? Pau Gasol is the corpse of Pau Gasol still <laughs> the around. Corpse, they're, they're, their number is 44, by the way. Well, at um, least it's low. Um, LaMarcus, I think they're going to get eaten alive by the West. I'm taking the under. LaMarcus had a great year last year, but I don't expect him to do it again. Their He's path, getting a little older. Their path to the over is Duante Murray takes a big step forward. Yes. They're pretty high on that guy. Yeah, they are. So if he takes a big step forward, they, they, give, him a, they, they give him a legit shot. They could hit the over. Yeah, I mean, they have Marco Bellinelli. I don't I mean, know. Whatever. Nobody else is very good on this team. Pop is great. That helps. It does. Pop is also willing to punt certain games to like protect his stars, though, you know? Yeah, I think I like the under as well. Yeah. Under 44 for San Antonio. I think yes. they missed the playoffs. Me too. All right, so to review the NBA Southwest Division, we both like the over on Dallas at 34 wins. Hell yeah. We I both mean, like the, I don't know. Sure. We both like the over on Houston at 55 wins. That feels like a hell yeah. We, you took the over on Memphis, and I took the under? Correct. That seems weird that you took the over, but okay. It's because I'm, you know, Conley, when Conley and Gasol are healthy, they're good. All right. Uh, I took the over on the Pelicans at 44 wins. You took the under. Grit and grind, man. That's the Memphis Grizzlies. Go on. Anyway, so nothing about the Pelicans. No, I got nothing to say about them. We both like the under on Old Man San Antonio at 44. Yeah. Okay. Finally came together at the end. Yeah. We were, we're, be, we're getting a bit more disparate with our over-unders. Usually we're good. in line. Yeah, you know, I don't like that. I don't like us being so in line. I don't like the, all this agreeable nature. Well, that's because you're just a natural contrarian. Yes, I am. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that was funny. Yeah, that was good. All right. That concludes the NBA portion of this podcast. But, of course, we do have to light some money on fire. Mm. That's uh, the, the titular nature of this podcast. Yeah, so... It, Three hours later, let's get into it. I mean, it's only been an hour 40, man. Oh, God. Give us some credit. All right, let's, uh, let's do this. How many do you have that you want to put up on offer for us to discuss? Well, I came up with two, but I really like one. Okay, I have three, so why don't you go first? Okay, the one I like the most is the Bears minus three. The Bears minus three. Yep, so let's pull That's up. That's interesting. Oh, you have the other side? I, I wanted Tampa Bay plus three. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about it. So they're in Chicago. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is really interesting. Yeah. We, so why do you like Tampa Bay? Let's, this is great. Okay. Because Tampa Bay has been real good. Yeah. And the bears just barely beat the Cardinals in exactly. a comeback win. Yeah. Like that's they, why I like them because you think this is like a contrarian. Bet? Yeah. This is a contrarian play. Cause okay. when I saw it, I was like, Oh my God, Tampa only is plus Tampa's plus three. I don't know. Yeah. So I feel like I have to take the bears just because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it feels it feels wrong. Feels like clearly wrong. This is like the Lions last week for me. Say, although I didn't make, we didn't actually make the bet. But I so I I can't imagine one of if these are our best bets. We're not going to give each other. We could do a twenty dollar bet between each other though, or something like that. So since we this is our well, best I don't bets, I want to bet against the Bears unless it's for the sake of the podcast because I am a oh. Bears fan. All right. Well, I want to bet on the Bears. I know. I know you do. It feels like a clear contrarian spot. For me. Yeah, but so why don't you explain that a little bit further? Because some people might be like, what the fuck are you talking about? It sounds <laughs> like you just said it makes so much sense to bet Tampa plus three, so we better bet Chicago. That's exactly what I said. Actually. Okay, so yeah. explain that a little better. Um, so the, the bookie's job is to get people to bet on both sides of the line, number one. Uh, so they want to get about 50-50, right? But they also want to not, you know, they also sometimes have opinions on things as well. Sure. And so... Anytime there's a line where it feels like there's an obvious side, which I feel like this is like Tampa's two and one. They got this, you know, fireworks level offense these days and they get points going to Chicago who barely won and their quarterback is like still pretty shaky. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this is an obvious bet. And I feel like the whole public's going to want to bet on that. And so the only reason why books would ever put out a number like that is because they think 
the Bears minus three is a great spot. And they think that's all they have to do. And they're going to get a lot of a lot of money that they feel isn't sharp money on that side. And then so, so that the way, books think Chicago is better than the public thinks or they think Tampa Bay is worse than the public thinks. Um, yeah. Some are really a combination of both. Yeah. I think just one alone probably wouldn't be enough for me to feel it. But like when you put those two things together for me anyway, that's when I'm like, yes, that's a good bet. All right. Well, let's ask ourselves this question about Tampa Bay. Go. Um, I know that your logic is not affected by this because that's just right. Whatever. Um, but have they actually faced a good defense? Like, is their offense actually this good? Oh, that's a great question. Because week one, we thought they were facing a great defense in New Orleans, but so far this season, New Orleans' defense has proven to be like a sieve. Nicely said. they giving up the points. They did play Philadelphia. Okay. And um, scored 27 points against them. I don't know. Philadelphia was great last year. Yeah. They haven't been so as is, good so this is year. New Orleans, you know? Yeah, so it's hard to know. I mean, maybe maybe Tampa's got a great offense, and these are good defenses, or yeah. maybe these defenses have fallen off. And then if they um, they beat Pittsburgh, who does not have a good defense, no. and no one thinks they do, they scored uh, twenty seven against them as no, well. No, they lost to Pittsburgh. Sorry, yeah, they lost. You're right. They lost twenty seven to thirty. Yeah. And also, by the way, their offense scored twenty seven points, but it wasn't actually like a. a like a legit 27 points, they were getting destroyed and Pittsburgh sort of like went into more of a, you know, like let them, you know, use up the clock, let them throw the ball down the middle. You know, Pittsburgh, I think, was allowing some certain things to happen there to use up the clock a little bit anyway. So, yeah, I don't know if that's that's a legit point. I'm actually a little bit intrigued by this bet. Yeah. Now that we think about it more and the way you're talking about it, um, uh, by your side. Oh. I'm a little intrigued by your side because Chicago's defense, it could easily be the best defense they've faced so far. By a lot. By a lot. Chicago, By a lot. Chicago's defense looks like beastly. Yeah. Um, my problem is the plus is the minus three part mm-hmm. of it. Is the money line anywhere close to even? The money line's going to be anytime it's minus three. The money line's going to be minus one fifty. Minus one fifty. Yeah. I kind of like the money line. I know I say this every podcast. You do, but I like it a little bit better if we're going to bet Chicago because if the Bears win, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, which makes the three points a lot more valuable. That's interesting. I mean, I'll say this, like it's really rare for, for teams to win by one or two points. It happens of course, but it's pretty rare. And it's, I think the bears just did it. <laughs> okay. They won by two. Yeah. Fine. And I'm but, saying that's the type of team that they are. They're a much more likely team to fall in that swath. If they I, win. I understand, but even for defensive teams and all that, like most of that isn't going to be the case. Like mostly they're going to, even for teams that don't score a lot of points when they win, they usually win by, you know, more than that. Like, um, I think I mentioned this last week or the week before on the podcast. So th- uh, 12% of the time, a team wins by three. And that's by far the most common amount to win by. And then I think seven is the next number. And like one and two are pretty low, like really, really, really low. Um, by the way, it's also aided by things like, um, although actually this isn't a good, I was going to say by things like when you go to overtime, um, like, like winning by one or two doesn't help you. But actually if you have the money line, then you push if you, if you tie. And so that, so it's a little bit better, but you're sort of forced to, if the bears win, they're forced to, they always at least cover, you know, they push, I guess. I don't know if they always cover. All right. Anyway, I think I could be convinced on either of those bets on the Chicago side, actually. All right. So let's hold off. We don't have to decide which one, but that's exciting. Yeah. All right. They got to, got to make the bets. This is, I swear to God, this is the way you make money in betting on football. You make bets that feel awful and seem like they can't be right. I certainly believe you because you know more about what you're talking about than I do, despite (laughs) our current record on the podcast where everything I've said has been complete fucking gold (laughs) and basically leaving golden nuggets everywhere. Some, at least one person was tweeting about how, um, they should just bet against everything we say. Every say everything we say we're going to bet. They should just bet against, bet the other side and they'd be killing it, which is true. Yes. So far, obviously accurate. A hundred percent true. 
All right. So you want... I I do have one other game as well. All right. Go for it. I'm not as sure about this one, but I like it a lot. And it's Cleveland at Oakland. Okay. And I think the number is on Pinnacle anyway. Hold on. Let me just call it back up for a second. Yeah. Oh, it's Cleveland plus three at Oakland. Okay. Maybe I'm falling into my own thing here, but that just seems outrageous to me. How is it different than the Tampa Bay Chicago one? Um, I'm thinking it might be different in two ways. Number one, I'm not sure people are actually... I know Cleveland just won a game. So it's possible everyone's excited about that, but it's also people are like, yeah, but Cleveland's you know horrible and is, there's so much past with them in history and legacy of being awful. Um, and Oakland, I, I feel like Oakland is one of those teams much like um, the New York teams that people might be more willing to bet on because they're the Raiders. You know, yeah. and, just, and I don't know if that's actually true. I don't think that's quite it's true. It's possible this is a sucker bet. But um, but man, I don't like makes the conf- sense to me. I don't like the even getting three. Woo! But your two bets don't make sense together. Um, well, I'm trying to say like it's possible that people still think Cleveland is horrible and people bet on Oakland irrationally. So that's why I'm saying I can yeah. I can sort of talk myself into. It. But I said this one I'm not as not nearly as strong about as yeah. I am the first. I don't one. love that one. I don't think I'm going to get on board with okay. that one. But we'll, we'll we'll probably end up doing some version of your first one. Awesome. All right, I have two others that yeah, were my Tampa Bay one. Um. I like Green Bay minus 10 versus Buffalo. Oh, interesting. So you think Buffalo, it, w- it would normally be higher than yeah. this, but because Buffalo blew out Minnesota, which they did. Yeah. Um, and so then the question is about like Josh Allen. Yeah. Because he's a different quarterback than what they've had, um, how much that really matters or not. I mean, even if Josh Allen was an okay quarterback, they'd probably be like minus eight against Buffalo, right? And yeah. we knew he was like, okay, or sorry, sorry, at Green Bay. They'd be like minus eight anyway, right? Yeah. Minus seven and a half, something like that. So it's just a little bit more, and it's possible Josh Allen is no good, and just they had some crazy game. I think game. Green Bay can blow him out pretty easily. Yeah. As long as Rodgers is playing, right? Which I'm we, down with this. We assume he is. He's been playing. Yes, he's played the last two weeks. And he did, how did he play last, last weekend, though? He did, I actually don't know his numbers or anything. I mean, I know they lost. Let's find out. I'll call it up right here. So they only scored 17 points. Rodgers did 27 for 44 for 265, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, six yards per attempt. Not great. He was sacked four times, but not horrible. Right. It's also just one game, and it is Aaron Rodgers. Yep. And against that great Bears defense in the second half after he was hurt in game one, I could just never forget how well he played there. That's true. No, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. I agree. Um, I could be talked into that one. Okay. So 10? Yeah, minus 10. 10. I would actually be le- way less excited about 10 and a half. 10, I, 10, because I feel like we get, we get a lot of pushes when we don't win with 10 yeah. that we can't get with 10 and a half. Yeah. So I could be talking to that. Right. I feel like the, the dumb money is going to be on like, well, Buffalo just beat Minnesota. How is Green Bay getting 10 points here? Yeah, you know? that's fair. That's fair. So that's what that feels like to okay, me. Okay. I can get behind that. Let's do that. All right. I have another one that is a different type of bet than we've done so far. Okay. Over under? It's over under. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, it is the 49ers at the Chargers. I like the under on 47 points. Right. And the reason being, number one, every under you take is a contrarian bet, right? People bet the over way more. I mean, this is the one which has a shot not to be a contrarian bet. You think all, so? Well, but just because Garoppolo, everyone knows Garoppolo is, yeah. is out. But I also think game script will lend itself to this because the Chargers have Melvin Gordon and kind of the ability to do just a powerful run game. They're at home. The Niners are not going to be putting up points. The Chargers could easily get an early lead and just make it a slow game. Yeah, they could. And I, they could also win, you know, 35 to 7 or, you know, 33 to 10 or something yeah. like that and still the under the under could come in because it's 40, 
47. 47. Yeah, it's still kind of a highish number because it's because the Chargers offense is really good. Yeah, basically. like if yeah. Philip Rivers is throwing the ball over the field, then yeah. they're, they're going to score a lot of points, but I don't think he's that's, going to be. That's pretty reasonable, too. I would like for us to make three bets this week. Okay. Sounds good. I'd like to go with your two that you just said, and I would like to not do the money line. I'm anti-money line. Okay, that's fine. And do this, the minus Chicago three. Chicago minus three? Chicago minus three. What do you say? Sounds good. All right. All right. So to review the bets we are actually making and lighting our own money on fire with $100 each on these bets, we're taking Chicago three points against Tampa Bay at home. We're saying Chicago will win by more than three points. Yep. We're taking Green Bay to beat Buffalo by more than 10 points at home. And we are saying that the 49ers and the Chargers will score a combined less than 47 points. Yes. In not San Diego, but LA. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Good. Okay, so those are our three bets. Let's also check in with Survivor, as we do every, every oh, yeah, week. Survivor. So, um, so last week we talked about some possible teams you could take in Survivor. That was good Survivor advice last week because we just said no matter what you do, don't go with the Vikings. I mean, we did. We came up with some different teams, but we said there's a lot of really close things. Yeah. yeah and by the way, so the Saints lost in week one. The Vikings lost in week three. If you've been taking, if you've been following our general advice, maybe not our super specific advice, because we were right. taking the Lions, but you could have taken the Baltimore very reasonably in week one. Yeah. Um, there are teams you could have taken in, in last weekend too, for sure that would have worked out. Although there was a lot of upsets last weekend. Um, you could be, there could be like 10% of the field left or something. Oh, easily. Like it's just been, that Vikings game must've knocked out a lot of survivor field. I mean, like, even though I am now out of all my survivor pools, I did it not taking these big favorites. And you know, if I got, I happened to take Houston last week and I could have taken Chicago, Chicago. They were reasonable. There were other reasonable picks as well. Um, it was all very close. We said this, it's like, well, I think I'm gonna go this one, but I don't know. Um, like the but like we we avoided the the nuclear bombs which right. were the massive favorites which is what you always want to do and this is why because now everyone who's still alive in their survivor pools if ninety percent of the field is dead your expected value is like ten x your buy in which right. is fantastic at, through three weeks that's insane it almost ne- it pretty much never happens yeah so so that's the one piece of good advice that we've definitely given for sure okay we know so that <laughs> who are the major favorites this week Green Bay versus Buffalo. Green Bay is a huge favorite. They're 10-point favorite versus Buffalo. As we were just talking about, the San Chargers yeah. are 10-point favorites versus San Francisco. Those are pretty good ones. Um, Jacksonville's a touchdown favorite against the Jets. The Rams are 6.5 against Minnesota. Don't love that. No. Uh, Miami is uh, – sorry, New England is a 7-point favorite against Miami. So those are the most obvious ones. I think I like the Chargers here unless a ton of people are on them. Um, let's take a look. They are the most popular pick. Oh, Green Bay's the second most popular pick. Jacksonville's the third most popular pick, leaving us with, if we're trying to avoid, they're all 20% or higher right now on Yahoo. It's a little early in the week, but this is what happens. That's great, because those are the only three that feel good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we could sort of decide to take one of them anyway if we, if we hate I mean, our other options. Eventually, you got to do that at some point. You know, but you don't, actually. No, you can keep avoiding yeah, the, the really big favorites all the way through. Um, but let's see what else we got here. Because if the, if the fields have been so crushed, it's possible you can look at your own personal survivor pool and see how many people are left who haven't taken the Chargers. Maybe right. the Chargers have been taken already a lot. And actually, you can take them. And you don't have to worry about it. It's you can look and see. The Packers have been taken already, right? Um, I would, uh, yeah, probably, probably. But let's take a look at New England and the Rams because we were we we're saying they are also at least reasonable picks. So rest of the season, I'm a little the Rams, afraid of New England right now. What'd you say? Well, going to Miami. Yeah, the Rams have got. A beautiful schedule down the road. So we probably want to save them if we could. Yeah. They're sort of as good as it gets. 
New Orleans got one of the actually the second best rest of season schedule also. So we probably want to save them too if we can. Okay. Um, but then that leaves us with weak choices or choices that are Jacksonville, Green Bay, or the Chargers. Hmm. All three of them have got very similar schedules rest of season, so that shouldn't really matter. I think the Chargers are the worst team among them. Chargers are the most popular and the worst team. Fine. Uh, I think this is probably Jacksonville's only a seven and a half point favorite, while Green Bay and the Chargers are ten. So I think that should be the way we decide between those two at least. And Jacksonville's numbers of people on them are similar to nineteen percent versus twenty four percent versus twenty nine and a half percent. So less, but yeah, probably not significant enough to the f- either rather the, the field goal point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the field goal more a favorite. Green Bay might be the team here. Let's see if we look if we look a little further down the road. Week six, they are a really nice favorite. They'll be hosting San Francisco, which right now looks amazing. Oh yeah. Um, they're also going to have Miami hosting Miami in week ten, hosting Arizona in week thirteen. That's your other really great spot. So you're going to be giving up those. Week thirteen is going to have a lot of pretty good options. Nothing as good as that. Week what do we say? Week six is going to have. Well, Minnesota is going to be hosting Arizona, but probably everyone's going to be on that. But um, but so that's that's your other possibility. And everybody's going to have Minnesota. Yes, that's right. Left because they have to. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there won't be that many other great options in week six. Like, so having Green Bay in your back pocket may be nice to have. It's possible Green Bay will be, you know, a big, a lot of people will be on them, though, because they'll be the second best, best uh, team to pick, it looks like. You can also take Houston hosting Buffalo in week six. I mean, that's, uh, we'll see how good, if you want to do that. If Houston yeah. wins their next two games, you'll feel better about it. So we could have some problems down the road if we go with Green Bay right now. Yeah, maybe we just we could suck it up and just suck take it up and take the Chargers. Oh, or or the Chargers, because this isn't like last week where sixty three percent of the field is on them. It's twenty nine percent, which is still more than we want. Yeah, we get. To, yeah, it's true. Nineteen percent on Jacksonville, and Jacksonville's the most they're ever a favorite is um, looking like eight points against Indiana down the road, and here we are a seven and a half point favorites at the Jets. So this is about. So this is like it's like we're not going to be burning Jacksonville. This is like about as good as it gets anyway. Yeah. Okay. So it's between those two teams. We think, right? Chargers, I think so. Chargers or Jacksonville. I think I like Jacksonville here, even though they're not as big a favorite. Yeah. I mean, you they, can make a reasonable case either way. They just lost to the Titans, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the charge didn't the Chargers just lose too? I don't know. Did they lose? Did they win? I was traveling. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember who can say, I mean, the Chargers are two and one, right? Maybe. I thought they were one and two. Oh, well, so, okay, so they haven't been winning. They haven't been exactly... I mean, Jacksonville's, Jacksonville beat New England in Jacksonville. I mean, That's true, but New England might be bad. <laughs> yep. I mean, this is the thing. It's early in the season. It's hard to really All know right. what's Jacksonville's up. Jacksonville's probably the better choice because of the amount of the field that's taking the Chargers. Chargers are 1-2, and two, by the way, and Jacksonville, of course, is 2-1. and one. All right, let's go Jacksonville. All right, so we recommend Jacksonville. We don't think you're crazy if you take the Chargers. You could even take Green Bay, but you set yourself up for some trouble in Week 6. Yep. Okay. There you go. That's the Survivor review for the week. You got to do a cool voice when you do the segment stuff. Oh, like, sorry. Like, fantasy check Survivor review for the week. Yeah. It's over. Was gotta, that good? Uh, you got to do something a little different, you know? Okay, that? yeah. Survivor review for the week Not, no, that's is good. completed. It's good because we need some melody. Sometimes. Yeah, it's all like low monster truck voices. Yeah, you know? we gotta have some melody sometimes. Yeah. maybe we'll do a rap one time. I'm sure that'll happen and it'll be great. Yeah. Okay. Um, Money Fire Pod. That's our Twitter. 
Hit us up there. Follow us. We currently have zero followers because we just created the account. We so. have zero tweets also. Yeah. But we will very be tweeting exciting. about this episode. So at yeah. least by the time this episode comes out on Wednesday, we are recording on Tuesday. There will be one tweet at a minimum. Very exciting. So get excited to read that one. All right. See you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.